Hey everybody, welcome to the Growing with Fishes podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Marty. I'm Michael. And this is the uh, Growing with Fishes podcast. Uh, we try to do it every week. Uh, we had a little bit of a summer hiatus there for the last couple of weeks. I had some traveling and uh, we had some other things come up uh, schedule-wise, so I apologize for that. Uh, we have a really amazing guest today, a gentleman who's done a whole lot to help a whole lot of people, both on the activist front, as well as physically taking action and, and helping people himself. And uh, he's got a lot to share, and we're really thankful to have him on the show. And, um, you know, you guys can Google him after the show. He's done a lot of different great things for the community, and I really wanted to, uh, you know, really am thankful he took the time to join us today. Um, I've been uh, doing some work down here in San Diego. There's a place called 151 Farms. Um, they have a pretty nice uh, little aquaponic cannabis grow down here. Uh, we've been doing some, uh, doing some stuff with them. Hey, what's up, bud? You want to go ahead and introduce yourself since you joined us a couple minutes later? Okay, we'll do introductions with him in a second. Um, I've been down here doing some work with them. I actually have some video that I took today. I'm going to post up so you guys can see some video of some flower and veg stuff down here. And um, I'll do some video of the, the fish tanks and stuff. And that's been kind of fun. Um, did some work, went to a couple um, activist things down here to get I'm at 64, which is how uh, I met Mike here. Um, and uh, did some talks with that stuff. So that's been, that's been good. Um, definitely vote no on that. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, later on, so um, that's pretty much what I've been up to, aside from traveling. Uh, Marty, you want to go ahead and talk about what you've been up to? Uh, yeah, so um, actually, I don't remember exactly where we were last time we had a podcast, but um, I uh, finished cutting down the indoor, obviously, post a couple of videos of that, and because uh, the outdoor started flowering, so I don't have enough to cover both, I either flower indoor or out, so. Uh, so the outdoors, you know, flowering along pretty good now, stacking up, just fighting the usual outdoor bugs and, um, yeah, plugging right along. Um, not really too much else going on, taking care of business, you know, it's that time of year, a lot of shit going on. You want to introduce yourself there, boss? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm aquaponic dummy. Um, sorry about earlier I had a uh, audio technical difficulties um, but I have a garden here and six plants in here and uh, I'm running AK-48 at the moment experiment with uh, some hormones uh, so we'll see what happens but uh, uh, you probably see me on, on Facebook on the whoever's listening in on the aquaponic cannabis growing channel or group there on Facebook this is the first time uh, I'm on here with Marty. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing? I'm all right. Do you want to uh, Do you want to mention you had a giveaway you wanted to do today? Oh, I was uh, I was thinking about doing a giveaway here. Uh, I got some. Actually, at first I was thinking about uh, this Hannah Instruments. This is the uh, the iron. I forget the number. This HI something. Oh, HI seven. I got some. Actually. Uh, but instead of that, I think what I'll do is I'll wait to give that one away for one of the uh, uh, the next podcast, possibly, or the next giveaway on, on your podcast. Uh, today, I was thinking about giving away, uh, there's a set, these are quart size, 
Big Grow, Big Bloom, and uh, uh, Tiger Bloom here from Fox Farm. And uh, I know it's uh, kind of weird uh, aquaponic grow, or what the hell. I got a bunch of uh, liquid goods I don't like to keep on the shelves more than about six months. So, figured this channel is a great place to get away. Thanks. Uh, I didn't know how you guys wanted to handle it. Yeah. I'd leave that up to you guys. I figured we give it away to somebody that's watching live and try to get more people watching live. So, at the end of the show, we'll, we'll give it away. But yeah, that reminds me I should bring up the live thing. I always forget. See if anybody's in the chat. Yeah, I got it open, so oh, that's good. Somebody um, remembered. Michael, do you want to go ahead and tell us uh, about you and your story and what you've been up to lately, and just you know all the awesome things you've been, you've done and, and stuff like that with the yeah. oil? Yeah, yeah, I make oil, and um, you know we met uh, what was it last week? Yep. Down in uh, San Diego at Balboa Park at the uh, kind of a, a reading really of the uh, prop 64 proposal that uh, is coming up for the fall in California and that's you know another legalized uh, routine you know we can get into that but uh, you know I was glad that we met and uh, seems like we're, we're like-minded people here uh, you know I see these plants in the background uh, you know I love doing that I did uh, you know a fair amount of growing myself and a uh, matter of fact, I used a lot of Fox Farm stuff, but um, I'm not in a position to win anything today because I got nothing to grow. I'm, you know, in North County, San Diego, um, I, I'm sure that there is some growing going on around here, but, uh, you know, not here. And um, so I've been trying to just fit in as much as I can. I've been uh, back in San Diego for a year and a half, a little bit more, and I uh, came out here really after you know a lot of um, you know financial issues back east in regards to you know bank uh, repossessions of um, you know my home and uh, police raids uh, about you know regarding marijuana marijuana growing and um, so after all that well by the way you know I really never got charged there but uh, um, I actually sued the cops, which is a really cool story. They're losing. But uh, anyway, I'm trying to get some money out of them now. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, come out here, because uh, really California was uh, my home. I came out here when I was a kid. I was 16. I hitchhiked to Los Angeles with 23 bucks and a half ounce of weed and uh, wanted to take over the world. And I, I think I did take over part of the San Fernando Valley, but only for one night. And uh, then I uh, joined the Navy, and I came down here in San Diego. So, uh, again, I'm kind of back home, real glad I'm here. And uh, I came out here with the idea of, uh, you know, helping out with oil production and, uh, you know, anything to do with, with cannabis in regards to growing or any, any way I could fit in. But, you know, it really uh, it's, it's really a tough uh group to get in with and uh especially down here in san diego there's uh you know a lot of politically uh active groups that you know i'm not really sure if they really agree that you know 
and talk about cannabis as being such a good medicine. They want, they really want to, you know, get into the business end of it, which, you know, I think there's room for everybody, especially, you know, if you're helping somebody with cancer, but uh, they're, they're, they seem to be more uh, polarized towards, um, you know, passing legislations that uh, are self-serving, I guess is a good way to say it. Um, and, uh, you know, promoting their own private agendas and, you know, oftentimes they're, uh, you know, camouflaged to look or sound like something that you might actually want or need. Uh, and uh, so that, you know, I think it's been uphill. And, uh, and I've only made the oil a few times. I made some today, which is kind of ironic. But, um, you know, I, I would think that um, I should be making oil all day long, seven days a week. And, um, you know, that's that's not happening. Um and so that was a disappointment, and uh, I've just been hanging on. You know, I, I've had some people back east send me a few dollars, and some people out here helped me out. I got the veterans to get me a place to live, and it's been really hard, man. I mean, I, I'm living on a hundred bucks a month in uh, Southern California, if you can imagine that. Um, you know, I walk almost everywhere. It's it's crazy, man. Um, you know, I came from. Uh, I think two houses and a couple cars to nothing, but um, I really believe in what I'm doing, and that's really you know why I continued along uh, that course. And um, I really, uh, in the big picture, I thought what comes around goes around, and you know somehow or another, um, you know it was just going to work out, and and it has so far. It just hasn't you know been you know what I thought it was going to be, and. Uh, um, you know, needless to say, though, I'm, I'm happy to be here and, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I love what I'm doing and I love love this group, uh, especially, uh, you know, guys like yourself and, and Daryl Cotton down there at 151, uh, you know, really, really seem to be, uh, you know, a good group. Do you want to tell, tell us how you got into making cannabis oil and all that? Yeah, I could. Um, I, um, you know, we... In Michigan, uh, 2009, we had a ballot proposal, 2008, I think, um, and it was to, uh, you know, legalize medical marijuana. It meant that you had to have the qualifying conditions, and um, that being said, um, you could, with this uh, uh, recommendation, uh, you know, uh, grow and possess uh, cannabis. We could grow 12 plants. And possess uh, two and a half ounces of uh, finished uh, flour at any given time, um, and then we also had a, a, a caregiver program attached to that that would allow um, through the registration um, the uh, assignment of up to five patients, and these five patients could uh, could have twelve plants, and so on and so forth. So you could uh, you could grow seventy two plants if if you so desired and had the uh, the patient uh, patients on your uh, you know connected to your registry and all that. So um, that that was all well and good. You know I got to be honest with you. Originally I um, I thought of uh, I'd smoked cannabis my whole life and even though I had a history of cancer and HIV um, I, I just looked at this card as really a way to Avert law enforcement scrutiny. In other words, I, you know, I'd never been busted for uh, weed before, and I, I didn't want to. So I got the card, and I, um, 
I started hanging around in the uh, the various groups that were forming in Michigan and uh, uh, the Compassion Clubs and what have you. And uh, uh, you know, a good group of folks. They get some great great smoke, and we had some good parties. And uh, that went on for maybe almost a year until uh, the cancer for my for my for my end came back. It reoccurred and has reoccurred. You know, uh, pretty regularly for 30 years or more. It's closer to 40 now. Um, time flies. But uh, uh, when the cancer reoccurred and I had no more of the fancy insurance, the Blue Cross and all that, and uh, really uh, didn't know what to do, I, uh, I kept hearing about this Rick Simpson oil. And uh, although I wasn't a believer at the time, I, I considered it as my only option. And I had asked one of these uh, people at the uh, Compassion Club to help me with it. And if they had any, I'd be willing to try it and they could show me how to make it. I came from a, a coating background with solvents and resins and all that. So, you know, that seemed to be pretty, pretty easy. Uh, and um, that's how it started. And I, I tried this oil and I tried it topically and, um, it, and it seemed to have an effect. And uh, from that point, I, uh, you know, started getting some little media opportunities. I went to a raid, uh, a raid at a uh, dispensary, and um, the um, the media personality just asked me, you know, why was I why was I there? What was my part in this uh, this marijuana raid? And you know, what was my story? I said, well, I'm here for my medicine, and I was really trying to bolster my buddy's business, I guess. I said, I'm here for my medicine. I've tried it on cancer and it's worked. And, uh, you know, that's uh, this guy needs to be protected and he's helping me with, uh, with uh, making this oil. And so it went on to, uh, you know, this, uh, uh, it was a big radio station. They, they said, well, you know, that's a cool story, Mike. I mean, <laughs> we haven't heard that before. So, uh, you know, if you could even come close to proving it with any kind of doctors, uh, you know, agreeing with that, we'd, we'd run your story. So we did, and we went to the doctor's office, and, you know, he told them that the cancer was 60% gone, and, you know, he, he thought it was pretty amazing, and more, more more work needed to be done to find out what, you know, this oil, you know, had in store for, you know, cancer and people's, you know, hopes and all that. So uh, that's really where it started, and, uh so I, I became this guy that was uh, running around Michigan talking about this, and uh, um, I just became so focused on it that um, I kind of walked away from my regular uh, day job after 30 years or so and uh, in this paint and coatings business, and uh, I just lost total interest in that. And uh, I started making oil one-on-one -on -one for people with cancer. They'd come to me and say, hey, if I can't make this stuff. If if you could show me or make it, you know, uh, please do. So I did, and um, so I made oil for a bunch of people. And I, I learned, uh, you know, like I say, how to do it from uh, uh, a couple of guys that were already, uh, you know, ahead of ahead of the game as far as uh, you know, they were already making uh, oil for people, and uh, and that's that's how it started. And I, I just, uh, you know, I, I had my grow in my basement. Uh, you know that wasn't always ready. Um, I would I would generally go out and buy a pound of uh, real high end flour and uh, um, you know create 
whatever yield I could get out of that, uh, and then just you know send it to the patient and um, you know gave him some instruction as how to make how to uh, you know titrate it in uh, uh, reasonable doses and and all that. So um, just uh, a lot of growing and uh, you know uh, a lot of oil making is uh, you know my background. When you make your oil, are you mostly making it from trim or bud, or do you want to talk more about the quality of the input as far as output? Yeah, well, you know, I again, it came from that the uh, you know high end paint business, and uh, you know, we had a lot of traceability and you know a lot of uh, uh, quality uh, guidelines to work with. So, I, you know, I grew up in that engineered kind of environment, so. You know, making a high-quality oil, uh, you know, fell right into my wheelhouse. But uh, you know, uh, in, in regards to you know how to get a high-quality oil, it's you know obviously going to start with high-quality materials. And uh, I would always use bud, and uh, I would go out and buy you know the the best uh, the best I could find uh, an indica strain generally, um, and uh, Use that exclusively. If um, if I if I had made oil on my end, you know, with my product, which I did, um, you know, I would put the trim in uh, with the bud. Uh, but uh, you know, that was for my own use and not uh, you know not, not for a patient's uh, use. And uh, it evolved into um, you know using more than one strain. You know, two was better than one, and three was better than two, and um, you know, if I could find uh, four quarter pounds and an ounce of CBD uh, towards the end was really the ideal. Um, and uh, you know, I would I'd dry that out, and uh, you know, a real a real crispy bone dry. And uh, you know, we started back originally with uh, naphtha and uh, with the hydrocarbons, but again, evolved to um, a 190 proof uh, alcohol and. Uh, you know, during the winters we had you know real cold winters, so that was an advantage in doing extractions. Uh, you know, out in the garage where where most of this work would be done uh, because of the you know the fire hazard involved. And uh, so you know, good in, good out. You know, to answer your question is uh, how I made good oil and how I would uh, recommend making it. And uh, you know, the filtration process was. Uh, always key to get all the uh, plant material out and uh, generally end up with uh, you know almost a red looking wash you know not uh, you know it didn't look like it came out of a pond or you know it wasn't you know bright green normally um, and um, uh, then I used a rice cooker you know just old school and uh, I would sit out in the garage all night and run these batches um, you know, and uh, next day I would uh, package this stuff up, and a lot of these people were uh, in areas that weren't supporting this medical marijuana. So, you know, I would um, I'd send it, you know, and uh, UPS it or whatever, and uh, down to you know all over the place. I, I sent it to Australia, um, Hawaii, uh, a lot of places down in the south, even even Texas, and. Um, you know, I, I these these people are still around. You know, so uh, 
you know, they started with cancer and they tried this oil and uh, it, it seemed to do do them a world of good. And um, so that's really what's kept me motivated is, uh, you know, after having cancer myself and, and it's such a god awful thing to deal with, um, you know, I just thought to myself that, you know, the best thing I could do is to, uh, you know, turn somebody else on to this, this news and to, um, you know, if need be, uh, make it for them so that they, they could get there. Because, you know, a lot, a lot of folks, uh, you know, although easy to make is often and often, uh, I've often heard about making the Simpson oils. It, it is easy to make, but, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of pitfalls in, in regards to, you know, uh, fire safety is the number one uh, issue. And, you know, people that do it indoors and don't, you know, understand what, you know, what the dangers are. Uh, you know, these, these, these people have cancer, so, you know, they're not really going to, you know, get all that, you know, and if it's cold outside, they're going to probably do it on the stove and they're, they're going to burn their house down. So, um, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, the, the cancer people that I had weren't big marijuana fans. They were just so desperate at the end, uh, whether they had done chemo and surgery or whatever, uh, and, and they were trying the oil as a second, uh, second fiddle or second chance or last chance. Some of them, uh, you know, came to me uh, early on. They, you know, they had the idea of natural treatment, and they always did better than somebody that, uh, was part of the Western me medicine protocol for any length of time, you know, including me. I was I was that guy. I did everything they sell they sold, you know, chemotherapy, surgeries, you name it. Uh, I had the squamous cell carcinoma, which just really uh, describes the, the the shape of a cancer cell, and it could be anywhere. I had it, you know, in my rectum, in my neck, my face, uh, you know, all over. So. And uh, it it comes back, and I you know I got to battle it back down. So um, I haven't you know on my end it's so it's really crazy that I've been uh, making oil for a few other people and not had any on my end, which you know I, I don't have any, which is insane. And uh, so I you know I'm not in the best shape, and I you know I need to get back on that. So you know that really was part of my uh, goal when I came out here was to you know, somehow get into that niche where, you know, I could produce my own and and or make for other people and all that sort of thing. So um, it's it's really, uh, you know, I, I think it's crazy too, but, you know, I, you know, I make it and people come to me and, uh, you know, make their oil for them and I, I give them whatever I get and uh, um, I, I'm not making any for myself because, uh, you know, you can't make oil on $100 a month. <laughs> it just just doesn't work out. So uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at now. <clears throat> well, I know a lot of people around here they'll do it like a split. So you know if you know if somebody's donating the material and somebody else is doing the work, that you'll you know arrange some sort of agreement where you can at least keep some of the material and hopefully get some treatment for yourself too. Yeah. No, I know the split thing is good, and I'd be willing to do that. Um, you know, these couple of people that, uh, I've helped out, you know, you know, didn't really have a lot of money either. So I just, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, I just, I just try to help out where I can. So, 
making oil for a couple of days doesn't doesn't cost me much. You know, I got nothing really better to do. Um, you know, obviously not working professionally out here or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if uh, you guys know uh, of some folks that could use some help, that would be great. Maybe we can get together and uh, I can do some satellite, you know, uh, support, come up, come over and help somebody out or whatever. But I'm all about that, sure. Yeah, we'll definitely so you're gonna reach out and help them. Can you email us? Good, sorry. Yeah, I mean, uh, ideally I'd like to get up to Humboldt um, and uh, I will definitely be heading up there, um, you know, this uh, fall for harvest time because uh, I do have a guy that uh, has uh, got run into a little pile of money and he, he wants to get an LB and make uh, and have me make him oil. So, and, uh, you know, I'm sure that I, I can get a little bit of that from him. But, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting up to the triangle. I've never been there and uh, that you know, will obviously be uh, mega cool for me to, to finally get up there and, uh, you know, ho hopefully, uh, you know, I can meet some peeps up there and, uh, heck, I could stay up there and make oil, whatever, but uh, uh, just kind of playing it by ear right now. I'm trying to get, you know, Social Security for four years now and, you know, that they, they've turned me down. Um, you know, that's, that's been really tough. Uh, if you can imagine not being sick enough with cancer and AIDS, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to add to that. But um, yeah, it's um, it's called not taking their medicine. And if you're if not part of that financial loop uh, with the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors and that whole that whole triangle of death, then um, then you're, you know, you're really, uh, you're, you're not in favor, you know, you're not, you're not going to do well in the system. So I've, I've kind of done that to myself when I've, I've made my statements and I, you know, I refuse their medication and their, their treatments. And uh, uh, it, it's been pretty, you know, um, you know, deliberate, I think, on the part of, uh, uh, you know, not only my doctors, but Social Security to, uh, you know, to, to really, you know, not not help me, you know, anymore. I'm not, I'm not their poster boy anymore. And uh, Social Security, uh, obviously, um, if, if you're not taking AIDS medicine, then you must be okay, you know, or whatever. I, I, I don't know that, you know, as these pills change shape and form and the formulas change and you know, all of a sudden that one's no good and this one is, uh, you know, all these approved medicines that keep constantly changing. Well, you know, I, I just choose to take none and uh, I, I haven't heard that their medicine would, would help me much anyway. So, you know, I'm kind of, kind of, kind of in bad shape with that program, you know. Yeah, I can understand. You had something you were saying earlier, uh, Uncle Ponic Dummy? I'm sorry, man. I can't. I, I didn't hear you. You were saying something earlier? Oh, I was uh, I was wondering if uh, if I heard right that he's uh, Mike has nothing going on currently. Right. Yeah, nothing going on. Man. I wish I lived closer, man. I would. 
do my best to help you out. Yeah, yeah, it's really crazy because uh, you know all these things. I've you know I've grown and uh, I ran a big salt water tank. Uh, you know I've done a lot of the stuff that um, you know we're talking about doing, and uh, you know these these folks around here are. Uh, how to describe it you know but um it's it's bizarre it's 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 all about um you know protecting their their own uh, it's all business you know I, you hear no talk about oil and cancer and what it'll do uh, they they sell shit oil out here you know it, it's 60 percent effect at 60 percent thc um there's there's really no way you know it's going to help any super you know, chronic condition. Uh, I think they're just putting it out there as filler, as as stuff that doesn't work. You know, and buying time for these pharmaceutical companies to get their permits and whatever. Uh, GW, you know, is is ready to to unload this oil on the world. And uh, you know, the last thing they want is somebody like me <laughs> out there. This is I can I can do it for less money. I mean, whoa. Um, you know, so yeah, that's that's really the dealio, man. Um, it's it's really a, a a very tense market, and uh, you know, I, I don't I don't see how you know this Prop sixty four thing uh, to me makes it even worse. Um, you know, it just helps these big businessmen, uh, the Monsantos and the the, the George Soroses of the world. Um, thrive at our expense. It's me, a guy like me, is the one taking it on the chin with this, and um, you know, all the way from the top down. And I don't mind competition. We ought to, you know, all be able to do this or or make our own if we so choose. Um, I mean, the craft beer people do it, but you know, whatever. But um, anyway, yeah, that's my that's my thought on that. Well, those that don't know, GW Pharma is a big pharmaceutical company. They're the only ones that are working with the federal government right now <clears throat> on cannabis oil production and other cannabis products. Um, they're the only company with the DEA exemption to import uh, cannabis and um, high THC hemp or high CBD hemp uh, into the country right now. Um, I think from Spain or the Great Britain. I forget which one of the two where it's being grown right now. Um, I think it's, uh, uh, it's in England someplace. Yeah, in, in England. Um, and so they're kind of like the biggest, uh, they're, they are the Monsanto of, of weed right now. Um, and they have the potential to completely jack up the whole market. So, Yeah, well, GW, you know, is really Merck. And, and Merck is it. You know, they're, they're the general motors of... Um, uh, you know the, the pharmaceutical industry. They they they're it. They're the number one. So, you know this little little uh, GW house sounds well. You know, that's no big deal. But uh, they are it's, it, they're sharks. You know, and they've got these um, separate businesses uh, set up. And um, if you look at their website, for example, they talk of nothing but oncology-based products. Uh, they take a little bit about, um, you know, other things, but by and large, um, it's it's really cancer. That's what they're after, and um, you know they're going to do their extractions using hexane. That's what they use, and you know rotavap, you know, which is all stuff we can get here. Uh, you know, we don't we don't need uh, 
you know, you know, to be a, a big pharmaceutical company to make this kind of product and, uh, you know, using that kind of equipment, of course, draws it into a very safe uh, arena in regards to running a vacuum and low temperatures and, you know, low or no flashpoints to be worried about in a closed loop system, you know, you know, all, all the things you want to, you know, think about when you run in a process like this. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's big business and um, that's what these, um, these proposals are all designed uh, to bring uh, is, uh, you know, more business to them. And, uh, you know, if, if we, if we benefit fine, if not fine, that's, that's okay. So, uh, you know, cancer is big business. I, th I think that the last thing any of these companies want to do is, uh, is realistically, you know, bring this to the, to the public view and uh, that's what these marijuana people uh, don't like about me is I, I start saying it on, on Fox News, or at least I have, and they, they just run for cover. I mean, it's like the, it changes public opinion. And when it changes public opinion, all of a sudden it makes marijuana into something that's not bad. It's good. You know, it can help Uncle Bill with his cancer, Aunt Jenny with her, with her condition. And all of a sudden, you're the best thing going, and um, and um, you know, and, and when when you uh, uh, start ruffling these feathers, uh, you know, all of a sudden these these private deals start to break down, and uh, you know what these guys want to do is sell uh, recreational marijuana, which I do too. I think it's the best thing going. You know, it replaces booze. You know, what's wrong with that? But um, you know, once once these these activists uh, get wind of this kind of direction, they, they tend to turn it down. I've been I've done a lot of radio shows back east, even one here in California. I think we spent two minutes talking about cancer, and and the rest of the show talking about other things. Which, I mean, I, I don't know how that that even makes sense to me. That somebody's coming up up to the plate and saying that there's there's some chance that you know. This could be helpful. It would it would really get my attention, and it, uh, you know, and it did. But um, that's that's really what um, what's going on. It's it's, it's really um, it's really not uh, it, it's evil. I think I really uh, it's upsetting to me. Yeah, I think it you know it's definitely a cash grab on more than one front. I think you know you not only do you have like the significant amount of medications and all of that stuff, but everything that's hidden in between as well, you have all of the fraud, which they get away with because of the volume that they have. And without the volume of drugs being pushed, it makes it harder to commit fraud on, on larger scale. So I think that on multiple fronts, we get screwed in that respect. And then not, you know, it all starts with taking away our ability to make our own medicine and, and literally putting us in jail for <laughs> for doing it, you know, and ruining people's lives for years and years and years just for trying to treat something that they never wanted in the first place. It's just ridiculous. Right. Well, what you know, what so, we got here, uh, at least in California, is, uh, you know, the Supreme Court a year and a half ago or so, you know, validated the idea that, you know, this oil is medicine. So that's on, on one end. And 
Then you got Prop 215, this 20-year-old uh, marijuana law that you know created the idea of making the medicine. But you know, somewhere along the line, um, you know, the San Diego County Sheriff, for example, uh, would raid you for making oil and give you seven years in prison uh, because you're a risk to public safety. Now, I can tell you what, man, I spent a lot of years in the paint business and I saw a lot of unsafe practices in my, as a matter of fact, I was an expert witness in, in uh, fires and um, fire related uh, issues in big, big factories. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, uh, there is some risk in it, but if, if approached right, um, I've, I've, I've never burned anything down making oil, and I've done it hundreds of times. Um, not, not to say that you couldn't, but, uh, you know, it, it, the, the, those issues are all fire marshal issues. And if the fire marshal comes out to a scene and sees something out of whack, he calls the cops. That's how that works. You know, he calls an arson or he calls an unsafe practice, and that's when the cops come. But, you know, when you send the hazmat team uh, with the cops and and who knows who else is going to show up, um, the DEA and whatever, uh, this is just is not normal protocol for any other industry but ours. So, you know, that's discrimination. And um, that's, uh, you know, putting the cart before the horse. It's, it's not even, uh, it, it doesn't even make sense that, you know, a cop could look at a piece of equipment or uh, an industrial process and, and tell you it was safe or it wasn't. They're not, they're not capable of doing that, you know. So you know, why, why would we put that in, in their hands and then at risk of, you know, seven years in prison for this? So here's a situation you can, you can have the oil and, and it's legitimate, but, you know, you can't make it. So... You know, if you can't make it, it means you can't have it. That's that's really what it ma means. Right. Like the tax, the, uh, what was it, the tax stamp in 1937 when they finally, uh, when Congress, you know, made marijuana illegal, there was some little, uh, you know, back door to it. Well, you know, if you get the tax stamp, you could still do it. Well, guess guess what you couldn't get? You couldn't get the tax stamp, you know? So it, it just it's just a round robin uh you know, it's circle talk is, is really what it is. So um, these are these are things that, you know, need to be ironed out. And, um, you know, again, I, I look at that really, I mean, as cronyism. And uh, I, I look at uh, the police as usual, you know, protecting at the street level these pharmaceutical companies because these are the people that want to bring oil to you. But, you know, it's, it's not going to be 35 or 50 bucks a gram. You know, it's going to be 1800 a gram. You know, it's going to fill in a, a, a market that they've already got. You know, they're selling you $40,000 of, of chemotherapy a week. I mean, what do you think the oil is going to cost? You know, uh, so, you know, the only, the only way they're going to do that is to get an exclusive monopoly on providing the oil. And, um, you know, once they got that, then they can turn it into the war on drugs and whatever that are, has, you know, been over the years, uh, you know, that we've dealt with. But, uh, you know, by and large, it's really, uh, you know, it's it's a counterfeit program and, uh, you know, it should be avoided. 
You're saying that the the mass-produced oils is, is much lower quality. Do you want to talk about, like, I guess, comparison and quality with the oils and stuff like that and all? Well, I think GW could make some really good oil. I, I'd be surprised if they couldn't. It's not that hard to do. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, really low-quality oil out there. I mean, if you listen to people like Rick Simpson, I mean, uh, that's all he'll say is, you know what, make your own. The, the only way through this is to cover your own ass. And, uh, you know, by and large, that's where I have fit in because, uh, you know, I, I, you know, whether or not uh, you know, these people could, could make the oil, uh, most of them could. That's, that's why they, you know, they got a hold of me. But um, I, I think there's, a, you know, mostly uh, low-quality oil out there. Uh, you know, here in San Diego, you know, there's there's oil. Uh, you know, it's not even made with uh, with solvent. It's you know made with CO2, which you know is not going to give you uh, all the components of the plant. Uh, you know, chemistry that you need. I mean, I mentioned using two or three or four kinds of bud, and you know when you use uh, trim material and you know run CO2 and make a you know, a product that looks like oil and gets you high. I mean, if you put it on a nail and smoke it, you know, it will certainly um, get hot. You'll, you'll certainly get high off of it, but it just doesn't have the, the magic that, you know, this, this full-bodied, uh, full-extract oil, uh, you know, can produce and all the all the magic uh, chemicals that are in that, you know, I, I don't I don't even know what they are. You know, it's like um, some of the cancers I work on, I you know, I couldn't even pronounce them. I just know they got it, and and the oil will help them. And you know, that's that's as simple as that. And then when you see the, the you know, the cancer actually go in reverse, and then you know, uh, and essentially disappear the same way it showed up. Uh, that's that's incredible, but uh, yeah, I have no doubt that the pharmaceutical companies will make some beautiful oil. I mean, it's it, you know, with the equipment they've got, it, you know, they how couldn't you? But um, commercially in these stores, you know, there's anything from uh, you know hemp-based compounds used as uh, you know base materials, which I mean, you might as well rub sand on skin cancer for that. I mean. That would have no effect whatsoever. Um, all the way up to these, you know, I see oil up about 60% THC um, here in Southern California, and that's it. They're, they just hit a wall at that at that level. And, uh, I mean, honestly, at some level, I, I do think that it's, they're just blanks out there. They, you know, people would, would think, okay, I'm going to try it, and it doesn't work, and they end up dying or going back to the hospital for some treatment and then dying. Um, you know, it, it, it gives us a bad track record, uh, if nothing else, uh, to not have the high-quality oil out there, you know, for these people to try. Quite frankly, I, I regularly put pictures on Facebook of what real oil looks like. And the reason I do that is because people don't know what it is. I mean, you could sell them a tube of grease, you know, and that that's oil. I mean, they don't know. So, you know, unless they got some reference point, you know, visual reference or what have you, um, there's no way of knowing. And, uh, uh, you know, these most of these, uh, you know, these storefront type people, they, they don't know. I mean, 
they got the price in their head and you walk in and you ask for Simpson oil, hey, we got it, you know. It's funny because you always see it in one gram uh, tubes, you know, and, you know, medicine would never really come in one gram tubes. It would come in 10 gram tubes. And that, and that tells you that, you know, the, the whole mindset there is just all about getting high, you know, because if it wasn't, you know, you would have, you know, a whole a whole 60 or 80 grams of oil available as a, a cancer kit, you know, for this person so that, uh, you know, they could, they could buy that or, you know, make a donation for that or whatever they're doing to get it um, and have that quantity of oil to take home and to, to use as they see fit as fast as possible to, you know, treat their condition. There's, nobody's going to go to the store and buy one gram of Simpson oil at a time. You know, right. I mean, it's, that's, that's silly, you because, know. I mean, just for the people that don't know or, or, you know, that are maybe listening, just because you would consume it so quickly but once you got up to a full dosage that you, you'd be going like multiple times a day if you were actually using it in an effective dosage. And that's yeah. what we, that's what we try yeah. to talk about here when they implemented um, the uh, restrictions on the amount that you can have in packaging. They did that here in Oregon too, where now you can only have a certain number of milligrams per package and it makes everybody's medicine more expensive even for the people that do have to go to the dispensary. Like let's say somebody like yourself who, you know, who has cancer and wants to, to come here in order to treat it. When you go to the dispensary, even if you went in to the store and you had cash in hand and were ready to buy it, now because of the packaging restrictions, you're probably going to spend close to 10 times as much on the same milligrams of medication because they had to package it essentially 10 times more than they did before, which increases all of their costs, which increases your cost to be able to do it. Whereas buying one package of medication, you bought 10 packages of medication now, yeah, they, technically they made more money and for really no reason. There's no point in having it in that, that small of dosages. And so, unfortunately, they didn't listen. And uh, in order to protect the children, we now have that here in, uh, in Oregon where you're, they're restricted on the number of milligrams that you can have per package, um, even, even for medication regardless. Basically, any extract, any edible, um, it, everything is limited to 10 milligrams, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, something else that's in uh, Amendment 64 is the, um, <clears throat> the 10 milligram restriction per dose. Uh, they want to have no more than 10 milligrams per dose and was the 10 doses per package. So you're going to limit to 100 milligrams. How on earth are you going to limit a, a, a dab, you know, wax or shatter or rosin so that you can't, the 10 milligram dosage of that would be like, I'm gonna have to get an X-Acto knife out and a microscope. You know what I mean? Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. And then no, so let's take that into context. Now, if you're a cancer patient who needs to take one to three grams of, of oil a day, how, how on earth are you gonna get a, a 10 milligram dosage like that? You're, you're at, like Marty was saying, you're buying like cases of stuff at that point when before you could buy that in one or two packages or just a, what you could fit in a brown paper bag and for no other reason than bullshit ass packaging and the whole making things easier and harder for kids, easier to uh, keep out of kids' hands or harder for them to buy or whatever. And it's ridiculous, you know? 
we don't do this with 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 151 rum or Everclear mm -hmm. or or 97% gin. Does that have to be in a different different thing? No, you know, does all liquor have to be limited to five percent? No. Okay, so why are we why are we having this conversation? Or if I need to get a prescription filled at the drugstore, can I get a, a one thousand pill prescription if that's what it says? Yeah, the, the, that's the reason we have a dispensary to start with. Like we exactly. already went through this discussion when we when we decided to have dispensaries. Like when I met with my doctor and he told me how much I needed and how much my dose was. And then when they verified that at the point of sale with the dispensary, who again, I then again gave me a recommended dosage. Again, okay, so I've been through all that. Why the hell do you need to then limit me again? But, but, but feel free to get your script for Vicodin and drive over to the pharmacy and have them dispense them in handy little packages. As many oh, yeah. as you need for the next six months, and you'll be fine. You could totally be on Vicodin, Abilify, like Risperdal for your like psychosis, and get sleeping pills. So you're driving around in the morning, like complete not all that. Get pulled over, not get a DUI. Like the complete kill yourself kit. Like, yeah, just, that's pretty much everything you need to kill. And I've seen drive, all of those. Yeah, so but let's protect the children from cannabis, people. Ten milligrams. That's the important yeah. part. Well, I think that's, you know, my personal thought is, again, it's a way to restrict, uh, you know, the quantity that you can have. And, you know, we, um, you know, I suggest 1,000 milligrams a day to people, you know, uh, in this oil up to a gram or, or more a day. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard some of these uh, restrictions, you know, you can only process one ounce of uh uh, flower material at a time to make an extraction. Well, I, I told you I do a pound, you know, if I could do a pound and a half or two, I would. I mean, that, the only thing slowing me down is the money, you know, and um, so it's never less, it's it's more. And, um, you know, I've, I've never uh, had a situation where, you know, this became addictive in any way for anybody that was taking it. As a matter of fact, I got people off of opiates with it. And, um, I have uh, never got a call in the middle of the night. Hey, man, I need I need more of that oil uh, or or any of that uh, ever. And uh, you know, I'll tell you a little story. We had a girl come to us with uh, you know some god awful brain cancer. Uh, and this was three or four years ago, maybe four or five. I don't know. Uh, but um, regardless, uh, she lived in Michigan and had this uh, uh, spider cancer in the brain, which meant that. There was no single mass. There was no tumor that, you know, that could really. Uh, it was inoperable in its in its uh, design. That um, it just went all the way through her brain, and um, so we uh, we got her on an oil regimen, and um, we actually even uh, had the uh, University of Michigan uh, medical people uh, watching her and. Uh, for a while, she was actually telling them that um, she was doing the chemotherapy pill, whatever they sent her home with, and you know they were getting really excited about the results. And it, um, at the end of the day, it turned out to be cannabis, and um, you know she was eventually uh, cleared from that. And um, uh, they, you know, had stated that you know her she was cancer free. And um, you know I'll go you one step further that. Um, when she took uh, took her driver's ed test, uh, 
when she was, uh, you know, a year later or whatever, she was still taking uh, a gram and a half a day of this oil and kid weighed about 100 pounds, maybe less. And um, um, from a practical standpoint, she was taking her, her state exam for her first driver's license. So, I mean, she didn't know how to drive. And yet, you know, she was able to pull the wool over the auditor's eyes and, um, and pass her driver's ed test um, and cure cancer. And, you know, here was a kid that, you know, like I say, uh, 95 pounds worth. And um, you, you'd think that she would in some way be, uh, you know, affected by this. And, uh, you know, uh, she, well, she, she wasn't. You get used to it. And, um, you know, it's kind of, a, it's really just a joke. But, you know, you know, she passed the driver's ed test and uh, was on, you know, 1,500 milligrams. So, you know, that's a real world example that I, you know, I won't forget. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's cool. a lot of people don't realize how much different tolerance levels are when you're doing something besides just vaping or smoking or rolling joints or, you know, like it's not, you know, not the same, uh, experience, I guess, in terms of tolerance and you can build up much faster. <clears throat> And a lot of people, um, you know, there's a lot of documentation on RSO and building it up to very high milligrams so that you're not, you know, like freaking out, obviously. But you start out very small and build up to to very large doses without, without um, you know, having, I guess, uh, the inability to function. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about how you're making your oil right now for treatment. Like, let's say you you had some. You want to just give like a quick process of of how you how you make your your medicine for your treatment. Well, uh, you know, generally uh, I, I start uh, with dried flour and then um, I, I crush it up uh, almost to a rolling uh, consistency. You know, uh, it's broken down a lot of surface area, but you know, not, not overly fine. You know, I don't want powder um, as much as I want, you know, a, a good flaky base. And um, so I'll take whatever flower material that might be and uh, um, wash it with uh, a frozen uh, 190 proof alcohol. So I normally get that out of uh, Oregon All Chem. They um, they'll ship that uh, product, and they have about five different varieties of uh, organic 190 proof uh, grain alcohol. And uh, you know, some people have preferences. You know, a lot of times I'll use the corn, you know, this like the regular booze stuff. And uh, so I do a really quick um, and cold uh, wash, both the uh, flour material and the uh, alcohol. Um, are as cold as I can get them. You know, ideally, I'd like to work in a, uh, a walk-in freezer, you know, as cold as I can get it. And, uh, I mean, we can't freeze alcohol, you know, in the kind of ranges that we, our equipment works. So, you know, as cold as you can. And uh, I do a quick three-minute wash, and uh, I get the uh, plant material out of the wash as quick as I can. And uh, historically, I've always used 
uh, five gallon containers, you know, a, a stainless steel can with a, uh, a large, um, like a filter bag type uh, um, process. So, you know, the, the flow rate is really high um, and you're not eating up your three minutes by, you know, dripping or pouring or, or fooling around with that. It's, it's quick. And um, actually, what, what, if I'm working out of a five, I'll uh, have um, a, a, a paint strainer with a, an elastic uh, a garter top, uh, you know, an elastic top, uh, and, and stretch that into a five-gallon bucket, drop everything in there, freeze it. And uh, when I drop the alcohol in it, you know, as fast as I can, I'll give it a, a three-minute uh, soak and a, a gentle stir with, uh, you know, something like a pasta spoon or this sort of thing, and just kind of move it around. And, and I pull that bag, that big tea bag, right out, and uh, then we'll we'll hold it over the can until it, you know, it stops dripping. And uh, um, from that point, I'll uh, I'll filter that 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 wash out uh, right away with those bag filters. And that's, I don't know if you guys know paint or, you know, boxing paint. You're pouring one five-gallon can right into another one and mixing it back and forth. That's basically what I'm doing. I'm moving this filter screen from side to side, and I, uh, I can shake the stuff right off the screen. It comes off really easy. And uh, so I, I box this back and forth about six times and end up with this uh, wash that looks, you know, pretty much like gasoline. And uh, and then from that point, uh, you know, I have I have had the opportunity to be part of uh, you know the Rotovap type arrangements. I, you know, I, I just watched and I sat in on a few of those, um, which is really cool. But uh, by and large, uh, I uh, I just I got a modified rice cooker uh, that I brought out here uh, from Detroit, and uh, I use that and. Uh, Boil the uh, the product down. Uh, try to keep the the liquid level up high as I can, so that there doesn't develop a dirt line. And uh, you can just keep filling up the pot, you know, all day, all night, whatever. And um, it uh, eventually you end up with uh, the oil at the bottom of the uh, rice cooker. And uh, just gotta you know time it right and unplug the rice cooker. And then from that point, actually. I'm a big fan of uh, heat gun uh, treatment to the oil and uh, to drive out. Um, there's a couple drops of water sometimes I'll, I'll put in there right before I unplug it, but uh, try to steam some of that solvent out. Uh, water and solvent love each other, and um, that that uh, steam that blows out of there at the end uh, can really clean it up nice. But um, to, to finish the product, uh, I'll finish it with a like a Milwaukee heat gun. Um, I go back to my uh, paint booth and oven days where, you know, to dry paint you you need air changes and heat. You know, uh, you, so it's really the air change that helps you drive the solvent out, and um, at least for me. And uh, so um, I drive that that rest of that solvent out and. Uh, I get, I just get a, a certain look that you know the little paisley uh, spots on the top of the oil finally disappear, and it goes real clear. And um, 
it's you know just a, an eyeball type thing and uh, from that point I uh, package it up in uh, the oral syringe and uh, uh, off it goes you know the guys are normally waiting you know right there I've had people drive up you know uh, 1200 miles to sit in my driveway while I made it you know I mean they were really they really wanted to get this cancer under control, you know, and whatever. But you know, it's oh, so yeah. a little bit of you know, some funny stories. That's cool. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> is. And uh, you know, this one, the one lady, I said, you know, I don't know how many unlawful states you got to drive through to get home, but you know, I could FedEx that stuff to you, and you'll get it tomorrow. And she would have no part of it. She was going to race 90 miles an hour all the way down to wherever she went and, uh, and cure her oil and whatever. She used to be a truck driver, I guess. But anyway, she's still alive. And, uh, you know, most of these people I, uh, I've helped are, you know, I, I still hear of them or I, sometimes I see them online and I think, wow, that, that really worked out good. And, uh, you know, because their option was, uh, you know, to not even not be alive. So, uh, this was a major coup in, uh, you know, the survivability of, of cancer and, uh, and, and other, other things, you know. I, the, guy, the guy I was working on today, uh, he's got Parkinson's, and uh, I made him a THCA oil that was it's unactivated, and um, the whole extraction was, was done pretty much the same way, except there was no rice cooker. Uh, you know, you just put it in a glass pan with a, a, a fair amount of surface area, and uh, three days later, the alcohol dries out, and um, and you really got to turn that into a tincture because, uh, uh, you know, to, to get the oil off the bottom of the pan, you put in something else to do that, which, you know, in this case was uh, coconut oil and olive oil, like three-quarters olive oil with... Uh, you know the coconut base uh, for viscosity control, so it's a little beefier in the uh, in the dropper. You know when you do the little under tongue application, and uh, he's had good luck with this uh, THCA oil uh, with some cannabis he grew out in the hills of San Diego someplace, and uh, um, you know came out red red Bible oil, <laughs> that's what I always look like, look at, you know, is what it looks like, and it, um, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and uh, so I left him with about eight ounces of this stuff, and, uh, you know, he was a real happy camper, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to do it, it's, uh, you know, it's a fairly long process that has, you know, certain steps that have to be taken, and there's long gaps of 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 you know just you know low low uh you can't uh, heat it up right because once you heat it up then it's going to activate it so oh yeah yeah when you're doing it in uh in the rice cooker or any any heat uh you know that's going to activate it and decarboxylate you know de de decarboxylate the the product that that one little molecule of oxygen will come off pretty easily and, and even over time this uh this guy is under the understanding that you know in three or four months this uh, this THCA oil will start to you know turn into a delta nine type you know material and then the guy you know he smokes I you know not sure really why he's so stuck on this but it's just something that he you know he wanted and uh, you know I'm no expert I you know if somebody is is uh, 
you know understands what they want uh, and I don't see anything uh, you know uh, risky with it or you know uh, to that level uh, I'm, you know, I'm all for it so uh, it was just a different way of doing it but that was that was uh, today's uh, it was at the end of about I, I started it Sunday and this was uh, this is Thursday so it took three or four days to get that done because of that that long dwell time to get it you know uh, flashed off was there a particular reason why you wanted to do THA like did they did he not want it activated for some sort of medical reason or because he didn't want to get high well, yeah, I think he knows people that don't want to get high, and and they may be they may be benefiting from his his effort. I, that's my guess, because he smokes. You know, I, I don't I don't understand it exactly, but um, originally he came to me with a a, a a protocol on how to you know quote unquote make oil, and it was a page after page after page. I read it all. I said, well, this is all good, and we could do this, but you know, there's a lot of steps in here that. You know, really don't make sense to me. And then there's other steps in here that would actually, you know, take away from the inherent quality that, you know, we can get by doing it quicker and, uh, you know, more efficiently. So I kind of modified his original uh, plan. Uh, he had it all printed out. He got it from somebody, and you know, this was going to be the way to make his oil. And I, uh, you know, we settled for, you know his oil and my my version of making it and uh um but it was really uh you know driven you know by by him and uh, uh that's that's what he wanted and so that's what i made cool when you've done um C have you done cbd uh ratio you know worked on the cbd thc ratio stuff and then i guess when you did did you do it with short path distillation or did you do it in a different method I would uh, use short path, and I really haven't. Um, I, you know, we we didn't have any uh, uh, CBD strains to speak of, uh, at least when I started this. Uh, and our, you know, our direction uh, was really, uh, as far as cancer, uh, was not to use it, was not to use CBD, and um, I I see a lot of people talking about that one to one ratio. And um, that's that's all well and good to me. I mean, uh, I, I would I wouldn't uh, take any less of the THC oil. And if I was going to go with one to one, then I would just add the CBD component to it. So if they were taking one gram, uh, that's me. That's what I would tell you. Um, if um, you were taking one gram of high THC oil a day, um, then I would say that you should take another gram. Of CBD oil or you know we can formulate it into one you know and that's really just you know a matter of blending um, and you could take two capsules a day or six instead of three or you know whatever it turns out to be um, but my you know I, I guess uh, you know I'm just old school I, I just normally think of you know high THC oils for cancer now you know some of these other things. If you know epilepsy, there's there's nothing but CBD. That's that's all I think of. Um, but I, I, you know, I've just not had enough access to it to really get involved. I'll, uh, you know, get an ounce of CBD product and throw it into my uh, blend of you know a couple, two or three different uh, indicas, 
you know, and at the end of the day, I'm really looking for, you know, maybe 5% CBD and 90% THC. Um, what I would consider, you know, the best oil for cancer. But, you know, uh, I, I base that on, uh, you know, my own feelings. I don't, I don't have any research to really support that. Well, you're not dead. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a cancer or something. I mean, right? Yeah, I know. A lot, you know, a lot of people help survive a lot, so you must be onto something, right, you know? Yeah, I mean it works, you know. So uh, I'm, uh, you know, really, uh, I, I believe in things that work, and um, you know, I've I've tried a lot of stuff in, in industrial applications, and you know, a lot of a lot of things that you know make sense, but they didn't always work out, you know. And uh, we'd we'd always be trying different things with robots and. You know, oh, whatever, you know, and some of these ideas just never really, uh, you know, worked out. And uh, when it comes to cancer and uh, these individual lives, um, I, I really tend to have a, a narrow perspective on, you know, what's, what's, you know, suitable and, you know, what these people need. And, uh, you know, if, if it is CBD, um, like I say, then, you know, to me, it just, it, it becomes a more expensive, uh, you know, uh, treatment because there's that, that secondary material, one-to-one. -one. That means I'm going to start with my one gram, my thousand milligrams, uh, and then if, if you want to go one-to-one, -one, then it's 2,000. And, uh, you know, the other, the other uh, CBD materials has to come from somewhere. I don't think anybody's given that away either. So... Uh, if if that's what somebody wanted, I I would do it. Um, but I, I would definitely uh, use um, the short path method. That would definitely be the smart thing to do. Um, I I haven't owned any equipment myself. Um, I uh, you know would uh, I would, but that would be my direction for sure. Do you have any other uh, anything else? I guess you want to talk about in regards to oil or any of our live viewers. I see a couple of people in chat. If you guys have any questions about oil, he's talking about, feel free to chime in on chat. How about aquaponic Dume over there? You're awfully yeah. quiet. What are you up to? Actually, I'm really having a hard time hearing you guys. I think I picked a bad location to to shoot here. It looks nice though. I see your plant back there. Yo, Marty and I, Marty and I each did that one time and then we realized the grow room is like a horrible place <laughs> as far as audio is concerned. <laughs> Between like the ballasts buzzing and you know, just everything makes noise. <laughs> but it looks so nice. It, it does. It looks great. Actually, I've been, like I said, uh, I'm trying, I don't know if you guys have ever worked with any hormones or synthetic hormones, yep. uh, but I sprayed uh, uh, 6BA. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. Yep. Comes a little baggy like this right here. It looks like looks like something else, but it dissolves <laughs> in acid or, uh, or a base. It's plant coke, man. I'm sorry? It's plant coke, man. Yeah. 
No, I, um, I ended up spraying it on these plants and they didn't look like they like it at all. <laughs> but this whole room has been sprayed down. So I, I wanted to do a test to see how it would affect the fish. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's not affecting I mean, as you can see here, I, I post on my, um, my YouTube channel there where I'm using um, uh, praying mantis. You can see here one of the eggs that hasn't hatched yet. I don't know oh, if you can cool. see it on there. Yeah, I can see it. Your fish want you to kill them, Caitlin, yes. now that you're using the hormones? What's that? Your fish wants you to call them, Caitlin, now that you use the hormones? Honestly, <laughs> 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 they haven't really, it hasn't really affected the fish at all, which I'm, I'm really happy about. Uh, I mean, I just did a foliar spray, so it's, uh, uh, now I was kind of worried about it at first, but now I'm more worried about my plants than anything else. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens. They don't look like they agree with it altogether. No, no. Well, it was it was uh, it was pretty basic spray that I put on them. So it was uh, Blue Labs pH up is what I ended up using. So uh, potassium uh, hydroxide. Hydroxide. Yep. Potassium hydroxide. So. I don't know. What, we'll see what happens. What is it supposed to do? Is it supposed to? It's, like, it's uh, cyanin or uh, is that say that right? There, uh, there's uh, there's five uh, hormones that uh, plants are affected by: uh, ethyl ethylene, uh, oxen, chytocyanin. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, the phytocyanin, and uh, what the hell's the other one? I know it's one more um, and I, I did I ended up ordering a bunch of it uh, this is this year is uh, I ended up getting off eBay uh, this is um, NAA uh, which is uh, synthetic oxygen and gibberellic uh, acid which is more of a if you're if you're planning on uh, seeding out your plant, or if uh, you need help with uh, rooting or uh, germinating seed, uh, gibberellic acid can help. Um, and then, like I said, I'm, I'm working with uh, kind of cytokinin here, or cytokinin. Cytokinin? That's it. Cytokinin. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we, I, uh, I decided to see what it can do, and uh, I, don't, I don't like it so far, but we'll see. I've done some work with uh, organically isolated phytocyanin and a couple of other anthocyanin isolates, and they all kick ass. But if you overdose them, or especially if they aren't used to them in the in the foliar, they they yeah. definitely stress will stress out. We can see. I'm fine. I I've never used any hormones before, other than like uh, Clonex, something like that. So this is uh, this is all new to me. But I figured the yeah. learning experience, and uh, I mean, I have plenty of medicine on my own already. Uh, so this is this whole grow right here is is uh, is Great. simply testing. If I lose them all, it's not really a big deal. That's cool. For those of you who don't know, you can goes, see over here. Go ahead. I don't know if you guys have ever grown any uh, pineapple, <laughs> but this here's pineapple on an aquaponic pineapple. We'll see what happens. You can nice. see it kind of rooting here. 
Yeah, my kids saw a YouTube are... video about one, and now they want to do a, a pineapple, what do they call it, a pineapple in a jar or something like that? They taught yeah. at school, I think, and, or one of their friends or something, so they want to, they love to stuff shit in the aquaponics <laughs> grow beds all the time, like, I have tons of shit in there now, I have, like, probably, like, 12 too many tomato plants, and, like, <laughs> just all kinds of, I have, rad, the raspberry is, like, the raspberry plant's like almost taken over the whole like front grow. It's like, uh, what do we have in there? We have spinach, we have peas, we have like a whole section that my son decided just needed to have uh, green beans in it. So like the whole right side is now just like getting overgrown with green beans. <laughs> and uh, so <clears throat> th that's the next thing they want to shove in there is a pineapple and, and do that. Oh, dad, 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 look what we found. So... We we put all kinds of we put in leeks we put in green onions that we just buy from the store basically anything that still has roots they're like let's put it in so that's been fun <laughs> I've gotten aphids a, a couple of times that way you got to be careful of the growers market I've gotten a couple of insect <laughs> infections you like have the, in there Marty what's that you say you have onions growing yeah green onions yeah lots of them. Be careful. Uh, you find what? Do, do your onions affect any of your fish? I don't think so. I didn't ask them though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think so. Why? Why do you think they would? I was thinking of uh, uh, the acidity of them. Oh, I don't know. I never thought about it. I guess, um, but you know, they seem to do fine. I've grown green onions. And pretty much every system I've had for about the last four and a half years now. So the only the only plant to my knowledge that's dangerous to grow in the system like that is yucca. Right. Is who? Yucca. Yucca. Y u c c a. Well, they also call it. Um, what do they call it in Jamaica? Um, it begins with a C. Cassava. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, that has uh, saponins in it, I think it's called. Um, soponins, saponins. And the saponins are super, super fish toxic, like super fish toxic, even in microdoses. So. Same thing with yucca extract. Like if you're using soil amendments or even like a bloom boost or anything like that or some silica additives I'm noticing lately have, I think I've seen two silica additives in California. That had yucca extract in it, and mycorrhizae uh, boosters can sometimes have yucca in it. There's all things you got to be careful with with fish. You definitely nuke your fish with with the yucca extract. In fact, in in California and the the West Coast, the Native Americans used to um, make a concentrate out of the juice when they'd press it to make flour, and they would use that the concentrate. They'd throw it in the river, and they'd get the all the dead salmon that would float to the surface. They'd actually use it as a fishing method. So that's how well it works in small doses. If you can use it in a river, it's going to kill your closed loop system pretty quickly. <laughs> Just to give you an idea on dosage. So. Yeah, it makes sense. Obviously, in a river, that's <laughs> way higher dosage. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> so that's why it's yuck extracts, a, a one to watch out for. 
But yeah, it's interesting to see you working with the hormones and stuff and testing it out. For those that don't know, um, aquaponic dummy does a way different method than pretty much anybody else that does aquaponic growing. He does a uh, aeroponic root method with pretty much sprinkler heads to, to keep from getting clogged, which is pretty dope. And he has some great videos on his channel. Definitely go check it out um, if you're looking to learn more on that stuff. And, um, so I'm still working yeah, here, you're, if you're there, why don't you show me the video real quick of it, or a little display of it. I don't know if I can get inside here. What's a sweet shirt? <laughs> I'm going to run out of power. <laughs> Don't drop your phone. I actually shut off. I had to shut off all the pumps because they were pretty loud. I got uh, individual shutoffs for every every row. Nice. Is that irrigation pipe? Say what? Is that like spaghetti irrigation pipe? Is that what that is? Like a large-scale large, large scale uh, irrigation pipe? Ah. Uh, I use uh, PEX, uh, like pressurized pipe for your house. Right. And uh, I, I mean, all the crimping rings. I have all the tools already, so it worked out pretty well. Hey, I'm a big fan of using what you got. Yeah. Hey, listen. Well, right now, uh, the whole room is, is – uh, this particular room is my own personal garden. Um, I didn't I, – I'm not going into the other rooms. I didn't want to – put other people's medicine on, on video. Right. So, and it's basically all under construction anyway. So it's, uh, we'll get there eventually. Eventually I'll do a full walkthrough and you'll be able to see everything. Right on. Now you're in Maine, is that right? Where you Maine, living? yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Maine allows uh, six flowering plants per patient and 12 vegging plants per patient. And anything uh, under 12 inches by 12 inches is considered uh, seedling, even if it's a clone. Uh, and you can have unlimited. So uh, that's that's basically the laws here. You can, uh, as a caregiver, you can have up to, um, like uh, Mike was saying there, you can have up to five patients, very similar. Uh, so uh, you can have up to. Uh, uh, you can have well in one building. Right now, okay, it's kind of confusing. It's a kind of gray area in Maine um, where uh, they really haven't figured out exact laws right yet. But from what I understand, you can have an unlimited number of caregivers in one location as long as they live in the same building. Uh, so, um, but you can't have uh, more than one caregiver in one location. Right, that's pretty similar to here in Oregon now too, the way the way that it's set up. So we can have six flowering. Um, and our definition used to be anything less than twelve inches was considered was the only thing that was considered an immature plant. But recently they did change it. So now, if it's not in flower, then it, it's not in flower. Basically, is what it comes down to. Um, so you can have plants over a foot tall that aren't uh, that aren't in flower so that 
that really makes a big difference. And you can have an unlimited number of them. So that definitely helps out a lot um, in terms of, you know, just production and selection and um, uh, for people to grow outdoors to be able to get them as large as possible before before they go out. You know, a lot of a lot of people like to, you know, veg a number of plants over the winter time and get them as big as possible and, and then put them outside and let them grow full season outside and they get these big like 20 footers. And uh, so that really helps them be able to, uh, um, I guess, be able to, to be more productive in the same space because they have less regulation. Now there are other things that they pass at the same time, which sort of sucks. Um, for the medical part of it, but you know that was you know the same at the same time that they put in all of this or started all the stuff about the limiting of uh, of dosages and edibles like we talked about before. So it wasn't uh, wasn't all great, but we did get some stuff, and that was one thing. That's probably the only like incredibly useful thing I think that we got out of uh, the last set of legislation that went through was that pretty much everything else was more regulation on top of it, like. Now we have to report on every seed we pop and every clone we have. And um, every month we have to report like, you know, it's only if you're growing for somebody else. So like, I don't have to report on my own plants, but like you have rooms for other patients, you would have to report every month in their reporting system, um, you know, how big the plants are um, or if you harvest it, what the flower is and where it goes. and basically um, account for every aspect of the plant throughout its entire life and where it goes um, from beginning to end. So it's it's very cumbersome now to, as opposed to like last year where my buddy got kicked off of his grow spot and I said, oh, hey, I've got room in my backyard. Let's just slap your six plants out back. You can grow them out there and you can still have some medicine because you didn't have a spot to grow. Well, now, if I, even if I wanted to do that for my buddy, that means once a month I have to, you know, somebody's got to go out there and measure all of his plants and do all of this stuff to be able just to have a, uh, somebody else's plants just on my property. So, um, you know, it definitely uh, puts a lot of people in a tough spot to be able to, uh, you know, people that don't have the place to grow their own medicine that, you know, a friend was just helping them out. Now that it puts that, that grower in a spot to where somebody's going to have to do the work and you they also raised all the rates so now everything is 200 bucks more and even the grower if i have somebody on my property growing like that same buddy if you wanted to grow here again it would cost me an extra 200 bucks a year just to have him to be able to grow there which doesn't sound like a lot but if you're growing for say five patients then that's a thousand bucks and, uh, you know, most of the time growers aren't working off of huge margins unless they're, you know, I guess greedy to start with. But um, for for those people that, that were working on small margins, they just get smaller and smaller. And the people that are reasonable get pushed out of the market and patients get less quality. And it, it definitely becomes an issue. Um, so <clears throat> it's uh, here... Sorry, go ahead. I to cut it off, but I got to go. Oh, okay. So I didn't know how to handle that today, being a little bit uh, less talkative than usual. I know.
Uh, so I didn't know I didn't know how you guys wanted to handle it, but uh, it's uh, ten forty six where I am right now, and I'm head upstairs. Sure. Yeah. Do you want to uh, do you want to pick somebody from chat? I think um, similar, or no. Phone here. I can't see anything. All right, we'll give it away. It's actually a YouTuber in here. We've talked to about a lot of them. Silver Arm Thirty Two. He's a guy who tunes in a lot, and he's got a great channel. Go check him out on YouTube. He's actually has probably, I think, the oldest aquaponic cannabis channel that's dedicated to aquaponic cannabis and aquaponic cannabis growing on the Internet that I'm aware of. If somebody else knows of an older one, please let me know, but I think he is the oldest. He is one from when I started of- looking, he was the only one I could find, other than yeah. like some blog yeah. post from a dude in the – 90s that was like injecting the roots with hormones and shit it was weird i've you seen that yeah all right anyway so thanks guys for tuning in check out my uh my channel ap meds um uh aquaponic cannabis growers group i think you can find all of us but mike in there hopefully we can get get him in there also and uh yeah, so check out the videos. I haven't filmed much of my outdoor because it's still sort of in limbo with the county. I didn't talk about that much tonight, but we'll get into that next time. But I can't take any videos of it right now, so it's uh, it's in limbo. But uh, expanding on the indoor, that'd be twice as big, so tune in for that. And, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. It was good to get online with you, Aquaponic Dummy. I hadn't... Uh, and hey, with you yet. I appreciate it. Thanks for staying up late. Every day. chance I- it's only eight o'clock here, man. I'm still <laughs> I'm gonna go watch some TV. It's a totally time for the rest of us, man. Totally forgot that was the episode that Marty wasn't able to make it. That we we like scrambled last minute and, and got uh, some really good guests that night. So uh, Mike, do you wanna go ahead and plug anything that you got? Um you wanna mention or groups or um, you know, how people can reach out to you and stuff? Yeah, you just hit me on Facebook and uh, Michael McShane, and uh, we'll go from there. I don't really, uh, you know, I've been around to see all these groups here locally, and, uh, you know, they're really, I'll be honest with you, they're just not my kind of people, and, uh, um, you know, I, I, I just uh, haven't really uh, found anything here that I like. So um, I'm just kind of a loner right now, and... Uh, uh, you know, let me know if you'd like to do more on this. Uh, and as far as uh, your production, I really appreciate you guys uh, having me on. And, um, you know, uh, like I say, um, I'm always on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I'm blasting, uh, you know, somebody that's uh, trying to grab our marijuana on a regular basis. So, um, yeah, that's what I do. Keep the energy up. Let's meet you. Do um, you want to tell tell us about your shop and plug your shop there, bud? Since uh, um, Van Buren Hydroponics, uh, Van Buren Hydroponics in Van Buren, Maine. Um, you can stop by. Uh, what we do is we uh, we price match uh, reputable online retailers, so there's not there's nothing cheaper. Um, yeah, any anytime, any anything you need for all your aquaponic and. Uh, uh, growing needs, 
stop by and see us. And that's the place that has the weed growing in the window, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> read that, huh? <laughs> yeah. The city came down on me pretty hard. So <laughs> another time. Inside Joe. Yeah. So um, um, y'all can reach me at potentponics.com or potentponics on Gmail um, or Twitter or Facebook or fucking anything else. Um, and yeah, I'll be in California. If anybody else actually stopped by and saw fish ganja guys grow. Um, uh, if you guys are familiar with fish ganja guy on our YouTube here over on Duke Rose. Um, if anybody else is out in Cali and wants to hang out, I'll be going back and forth in the state for the next couple of weeks. So, uh, between different jobs. So if you guys are, um, looking or want to hang out, um, shoot me a message and I'll come by and we'll hang out. Cool. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. Um, we'll put some links and stuff in the channel to, if you guys have any questions and, um, we'll be back to a normal schedule now. Sorry about the delay. And, um, you know, we might even have an extra episode or two. I got some other guests that are pretty cool. So don't be surprised if we have a surprise episode or something like that in between the normal Thursdays. All right. So yep. have a good one, everybody. And thanks for joining us. Have a good one. Good night. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Growing With Fishes podcast. We have a pretty full house tonight. It's going to be a good show. Um, our guest is having a couple of last-minute problems getting his connection working, but I think he's got. I think he's going to get it here shortly. So um, we, uh, uh, we'll have him join us shortly. Um, today's, uh, one of our main guests today is Michael McShane. He's a cancer and HIV survivor. He's been using can uh, cannabis oil um, for a long time. He helped pioneer cannabis oil production out in Michigan. Um, he's got a bunch of new stuff to talk about, um, and that'll be pretty cool to have. Um, we also have uh, Malik Spider. Uh, he's going to be here talking to us about um, uh, breeding and uh bunch of other fun stuff. Uh, he's got some seeds to give away before the end of the show. Um, so that'll be pretty awesome. Um, we have uh, Aileon uh, from the forums. If you guys are, you know, part of the aquaponic cannabis group or any of the other aquaponic groups, um, you probably know who he is. Um, we also have Fish Ganja Guy and uh, Brian Grow. So uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Um, Malik, do you want to uh, go first? Do you want to talk to us a little bit about what you do and uh, what you've been up to? All right. Uh, I started out in this growing community with uh, Dude Grows Crew. Shout out to them. Fish Ganja guys in there with me, and uh, we stay real active in that community. And I was lucky enough to uh, find myself working for Subcool from TGA Genetics now, helping hit the YouTube channel, produce content, uh, come up with platforms, do their live shows, and and here in Michigan, I'm right by Galactic Garden, so I've been working with them as well. And they're uh, the Michigan distributors of TGA Genetics, and things are going awesome. And it's all possible through online and uh, social media and Dude Grows Crew and wonderful podcasts like this. So thanks for having me, guys. Super stoked. No, thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Anytime, dude. I'm happy to, I want to get into some capillary action and uh dual root zone chat here in a second when it, when it's <laughs> yeah definitely I think uh between all of us there might be one person uh Steve that uh knows aquaponics pretty well so 
Can't hear you there, Steve. Hope you're on mute, Steve. Um, there's our guest. Uh, it looks like he finally joined as well. You there, Michael? Uh, finally, man. Jeez, oh, Pete. Welcome. <laughs> hey there, guys, ladies, gentlemen. What's Glad up? To see Glad to have you. Good to be here. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Yeah, I had, I had to run over there for a minute. Get a handful of stuff, you know. Do you, uh, he's a little bit uh, limited on time. Do you mind if we switch gears real quick, Malik? Is that okay with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 100%. Uh, hey, hey, Michael, do you want to talk to us a little bit about um, uh, a little bit about you and uh, what you've been up to? We had you on the show uh, once a long time ago, and um, it's been nice to have you uh, talk a little bit about that and you know, um, you know, kind of an update with your health and how cannabis has been helping you. And then I know you've been working uh, with a, a case out in Michigan. Um, uh, I know you wanted to talk about that as well. Yeah, I do. Um, well, I've been, uh, I guess that was back uh, right around the time we were voting for Prop 64 yep. uh, in that time frame. And um, we uh, uh, <clears throat> let up and... Um, since that point, uh, you know, quite frankly, I, I kind of took a hit on my health and uh, um, I kind of a, a, a more of a, um, a struggle really than anything. And uh, uh, I've been using the cannabis oil, you know, quite a bit for cancer and HIV for uh, seven years, I think by now. And uh, I was just trying, uh, really trying to hang on and I was, uh, you know, not not doing too well and uh, I don't know if you saw some of the uh, pictures later last year uh, on Facebook but um, I mean this cancer finally uh, just took took over and um, it was a lot bigger than I thought and um, well, I was really fortunate enough to uh, it was a kind of an outreach really and I, I put a video out on this but uh, I was at a, at a Starbucks restaurant doing my missionary work and I see a guy with really bad cancer and I walked up to him and I said hey uh, you know do you have cancer <laughs> and he said yeah and um, I do and I said well I, I don't want to pry into your business but I went on with my spiel about the oil and all that and you know, long story short, he, he, you know, he told me he was going to do this new treatment that, um, you know, I'd not heard of and um, a medical treatment from the hospital, from Western medicine. Uh, I, you know, I, I cautioned him and told him not to try it. It would kill him. And uh, it was just another version of chemotherapy. But, um, you know, he said, that's what he wanted to do. And so, uh, you know, I said, well, I owe you a cup of coffee. And so, uh, we kind of separated at that point, and um, I wished him good luck. And I, I saw him six months later, and he was pretty well all healed up. And he, um, uh, you know, obviously got my attention. And I said, well, what did you do, uh, Greg? And uh, he told me he did that immunotherapy that he, told, he had mentioned to me, um, you know, uh, six months earlier. And I, I said, well, that obviously had worked. And you know, what is immunotherapy? And he says, well, as far as I know, it, it uses your own immune system to go after the cancer and it, and it healed it up. And when I talked to him, you know, he had a real similar history that I, you know, he had 
the, the, the chemo and the radiation and all the surgeries and all these things, radical neck dissection. I mean, that doesn't even sound right. Uh, but, um, you know, there he was all, all healed up. And um, I asked him, well, did, did you get sick when you took it? I mean, was it was it painful? Or, and he said, no, not at all. You know, it, it didn't really affect him, and he just got better. And um, so, you know, my next question was, well, how do you get it, and how much does it cost? And, uh, oh, again, long story short, it's about $1,000 a day, and uh, it takes 10 months to do it. And I've been doing it, I don't know, four or five. And uh, it's hard to tell, but, um, you know, my condition uh, is improved dramatically. Um, the, the nose areas all, you know, he, it's, it's healing up instead of getting worse, which is a, a clear sign of uh, success. And, um, and it feels and looks a lot like the oil treatment, really, in that the immune kind of, <laughs> same. I just did really. My system was is just too too far gone, and I should you know should have prefaced it by saying that I haven't taken any HIV medication in a long time, and you know I don't believe in that either. So that's been the latest and greatest, and um, you know it's what I've seen, and um, you know from this has been a, just an amazing uh, comeback with this. Um, uh, immunotherapy, and I, I went down to UCSD in uh, La Jolla, and uh, I got it gifted to me. I I went and did almost like a shark uh, Shark Tank Live <laughs> episode with these group of doctors, and I told them, you know, where I'd been and all my experiences and all the things I had tried and that didn't work, and that you know I really um, I was I was dying, and I needed to. Uh, try this stuff and if they could get me on it I would do it and uh, it, it's working so um, the oil has been uh, you know and I don't mean to take over the whole show but the, the uh, oil has been uh, you know real hard to get uh, you know since medical marijuana uh, has been you know really I think my word is hijacked um, hijacked out from underneath us um, you know, it's, it's uh, the oils and uh, the things that really work are being either outlawed or minimized to the point of not being able to work, you know, not being process capable. And, and so there, there again, the, the pharmaceutical company wins and gets the deal. You know, they get the business. So, you know, that's, that's another thing. And, you know, that really bothers me. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll take a break. <laughs> Well, what did, can you, because I was just discussing this earlier, and since I've not had to get into it yet, I've been busy with my own projects and, and haven't really got into the CBD oil so much. Was there a percentage, is there a percentage on that CBD oil that you're using? Well, when I do oil, um, you know, I, I made oil for uh, several years back in Michigan, and um, I uh, was uh, also in the paint and coating industry that, uh, you know, but they went along well together and uh, separating resin and curing it and all the things that we do is uh, what I what I did. And so I was able to get out of one thing, one industry and uh, get into something a lot better. And uh, I didn't do anything really with CBD because I didn't grow it. And uh, there really wasn't a lot of CBD back east, at least, you know, um, in the first few years of the medical program in Michigan, uh, wasn't a popular uh, strain, and um, I used mostly indicas and um, 
you know, when I was right. uh, making the oil, I would use uh, preferably, uh, you know, three or four kinds. I'd go out and buy four quarters if I could and uh, make the oil, you know, from a combined effort of a, you know, multi-strain multi um, composite, you know. Um, so uh, not knowing exactly what cannabinoids to that we needed or what we had, the double blind study, uh, we, uh, you know, just hit you with as, with, with as much as we could and um, uh, as many cannabinoids as possible was the theory. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's where that uh, um, came from. <clears throat> that was the direction at that time. So I, I didn't, I don't have a lot of experience with the CBD. Oh, okay. I'm well, thanks. Um, so I, I feel bad for you having to go, you want to process something and have to go buy four quarters. I can't even imagine having to go through that. Yeah, well, um, you know, I uh, also had, I'm going to power up here if I can. Um, I had uh, my own uh, patients in uh, the area that I was taking care of and um, I just didn't have the bandwidth to be able to do everything for everybody. So on the oil deals, I would go out and, uh, and, and, and procure the uh, flour, uh, you know, generally outside of my uh, grow room. Yeah, thanks. I don't know if I'm gonna lose power here. Um, I'm gonna try to get somebody to help me. It's not my phone, so I'm a little at odds here. <clears throat> Well, I know it's got to be you're still there. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking it's got to be hard because I know in Michigan right now without no regulation or nothing, it's hard to get in oils that are consistent of any type. Because it's basically becoming a free-for-all in some states, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because I know they, they've yeah. been getting regulating more in Colorado and stuff with the edibles and such the last couple, three years that they didn't do it first. And then all the other states need to catch up, but I'm surprised that the newer states that have allowed medical marijuana and and you know and oils and stuff aren't 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 taking that model from out west where they found out they have to register or regulate it to some extent. Uh, I need power. So it's, so it's so it's quality and you know it's clean and quality. Like we talked to a couple weeks ago about guys going to buying buying medical marijuana from a pharmacy and finding bug poop in it. You know. Uh, just not cool, you know. To, all it should be all inspected and checked, and make sure it is quality and clean. <laughs> cool. Okay. Sorry. Hey, I got power. I got power <laughs> again. Sorry, guys. Jeez. Do you want to talk a little bit about the court case you were helping with back in Michigan? Well, you know, we that, that, yeah, Michigan. that ties in, and uh, what that was was. Um, I got an opportunity, uh, a friend of mine from uh, the, now he's up in the upper peninsula of Michigan, uh, out in the middle of nowhere, and um, he is an oil maker that uh, goes back to day one uh, with me and taught me how to make oil. So um, he really uh, was near and dear to my heart, and um, it was somebody that I approached, you know, in a very desperate state to, uh, you know, help me save my life, and he did. So uh, he had uh, encountered a, um, a charge up in uh, Escanaba, Michigan, and uh, he's facing a judge next month, or, um, 
on the 14th, I think, of June. And uh, he called me and said, would you please um, send this judge a letter and, and try to, you know, um, give him an idea of what I'm all about and, you know, uh, you know a reference letter, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, show what kind of character this man has. And so I did. And uh, I pumped out this letter. Uh, I'm not a big letter writing guy. And uh, as a matter of fact, I hate writing letters. But um, I went right home and I wrote it. And it, it just seemed to hit on all on all levels. It, you know, um, it gave the judge a good idea of, um, you know, who he was and who I was. And um, I told him that, you know, I had AIDS and cancer and the guy saved my life. I mean, what, where do we go from here? Uh, and that I, you know, I just thought he was a stand-up guy. And um, so this letter that I, I actually mailed the judge, I uh, was gone all around the internet. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's on my page, and it's almost a, it's really a, a, a blueprint and what I call a, a template of, you know, really where our industry is and what, you know, people like me is an example of you know, the, the guy to have medical marijuana, the, you know, the Dennis Perones of the world and, and um, all these people that, you know, have illnesses, uh, you know, need this and, you know, we're being um, suppressed and it all comes from the big pharmaceutical companies that want the oil for themselves. And, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned it, a lot of these places, uh, you know, around the country, medical marijuana and, and the, the legalities and whatever, but Really, you know, you look at California, and we lost medical marijuana in regards to medibles um, with this Prop 64. You know, you got something with a 25 milligram uh, capacity limit on a medible, and I think you only put four or five and a six in a bag. So, you know, you, you, the most you're going to get out of a, probably a ten or twenty dollar uh, purchase is a. Uh, 150 milligrams and you know for somebody that with a real illness um it's not enough so uh again the oil i've talked about the oil before and you know it's a seven-year felony in san diego county uh to make oil and that comes from the um the police not the fire chief and, oh, you know uh and the reason that is is that you know they're protecting again um the pharmaceutical industry and you know, in regards to fire safety, um, you know, I was a fire safety engineer in, in the paint business, and I, you know, I've, I've been to a lot of fires, and, uh, you know, I, I've been around that kind of, that world, and, uh, you know, that's, that's really not, you know, the kind of dangers that we're, you know, facing, you know, here by making oil, you know, the proper way, uh, and if you follow uh, guidelines to make the oil, it's really not dangerous, and it can be controlled to the point where um, risk to um, uh, people are, are, are very, very minimal, uh, if, if, if at all. So, um, you know, I don't know if you saw the uh, article today, uh, but there was a company that did extractions in uh, the San Diego area. It wasn't actually downtown, but it was one of the suburbs. And um, last year they got raided. Um, they were making all the extractions for people like Bang Chocolate and you know all these other different people that were doing the medibles and uh, they got raided um, and uh, they took all the guy the, this guy's money and uh, 
he had 20 employees, I think, and, you know, shook everybody down in the parking lot, took all the money and, I don't know, 150000 bucks worth of um, uh, money, uh, straight up cash and all of his equipment. And uh, he just won that back. My long story short, is he, he wins this, this money back, the civil forfeiture booty, I think it was last week. Today, this Bonnie, I think her name is Bonnie Dukakis, um, filed charges, criminal charges. So she replaced the money she stole with this vindictive nature of um, then go ahead and filing charges on this guy. And I think probably everybody in the building, who knows? And so, so now, um, you know, you know, he doesn't get his really doesn't get his money back. Now he got to give the money to the lawyer. You know, so. Uh, another big fantasy, but uh, another big ripoff is what it is, and um, it's it, you know really uh, it, it's uh, it's racketeering is what it is, and uh, it should be charged federally, uh, and these people should go to federal prison for that uh, because you would and I know I would. So, but but that's what's going on with this oil, and you know you know it's legal and this and that, and um, you know what's legal is um, selling high-powered, high-dollar flour at some of these proprietary uh, locations. That again, guess who owns those? The same people that are running around arresting people, you know, and um, striking up these behind-the-scenes deals, you know, people like American for Safe Access, and and those kind of things. So. You know, I can go on and on and on, but, you know, the oil industry and, and the availability is strained at best. And, uh, you know, the, I came out here to make it and uh, to literally come out here to be, the, you know, one of the people that, you know, you could rely on for good oil. And um, I'll tell you what, I mean, the liability uh, is, is as high as, almost as high as the gain, you know, so uh, it's a tough, a tough nut. And, uh it's it's really uh, it, it really upsets me a lot to think that you know we had such a great opportunity uh, with cannabis and we not we not only blew it but we sold it out to the same bastards and took it away to, in the beginning. So you know I'm I'm just a little bit wound up about that. That's like six states got Marlboro cannabis cigarettes packaged in a white package with a green pot leaf. It looks like a menthol package, but it's got a pot leaf. And they're selling for some ungodly amount out there in six states. I think most of them are out west, too. But, yeah, Marlboro now has has cannabis cigarettes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly what you're talking about. Kind of. I just want to welcome another guest who uh, just showed up a minute ago, uh, Be Patient, from the Dude Gross crew. No stranger to uh, Malik and myself. Welcome, B. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Thanks for having me. Hello. Hey. Welcome. See you. What's, you? Uh, What's up, Malik? <laughs> What's up, Malik? Oh, you know, just getting ready to have some dabs. So, uh, um, uh, thanks, Michael. We'll, we'll uh, yep, um, talk. Uh, we're gonna switch to um, Malachi for a second for a little bit. Absolutely. And him talk yep. about his stuff, and then, uh, and then we'll uh, um, go back. Michael, I hope you feel better soon, man. Thanks. Thanks for your story, Michael. Yeah, thanks, yeah, you absolutely. Bet. Absolutely, Michael. So others may live, baby. That's what we're doing. Yeah, man. That's, 
I live over here in Michigan yeah. as well, so we should uh, link up and talk later, later on off air. Okay. But yeah, yeah, guys, I've just been um, staying busy and Dude Grows Crew, active, working with Sub Cool and uh, helping the plat- put the platforms together for the show, get guests similar to this. And uh, on my own, I got a little breeding project going. I'm working on with a plushberry male, and I'm hitting a Gorilla Glue number four, and I'm hitting a nine-pound hammer, and I'm making all those seeds just to give away uh, at the Cannabis Cup in Michigan. At the TGA booth, I'm going to give them away, and to people in like Dude Grows Crew or other people that need them online and social media, and, and it's uh, really awesome seeing people grow out your stuff and be able to contribute. So that sounds awesome. We got some customers in Michigan. You need to give me a link so I can hook them up with that where you're going to be. Yeah, and yeah, we can get the TGA genetics into their stores too. Or absolutely. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to be running PWK here pretty soon. Right. <laughs> Be patient. That's good shit. Right. Hip hop Yeah, for those of you that don't know, that started as an inside joke with some of us DGC, and it just kind of snowballed, and Malik just took it to a whole other <laughs> level, and now it's an actual thing that ex- that exists, and it's fantastic. It's even yeah. That's what's up, man. I mean, you can't name something yourself, but if your buddies are going to name something, then shoot. Right. What are you talking about? You can totally give yourself your own nickname. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you do some, uh, some breeding? Yep. Uh, I've done three breeding projects. The first two I did uh, just, just branching and selected a few branches on each strain. And uh, got a you know few hundred seeds each round, and then this last round I'm doing right now I'm in the middle of that should be done in like four weeks. I let the male run for about thirty days in flower, and then he opened his pollen sacks all the way, and he was throwing pollen for about four days, and then uh, then I killed him and took him out. So I'm hoping to get mostly mature seeds, nice tiger stripe. Awesome. So you want to um tell people out there who maybe haven't um, tried to breed their own strains before maybe um, uh, how do they go about it you know how, how would someone do it if they're looking to get started absolutely and all this information I heard from uh, or shout out to Kilo Watt and Dude Grows Crew he walked me through everything I did and all of Dude Grows Crew and buddies and YouTube but just checked every absolutely. last step out so anything Kilo Watt's good did you see yeah Absolutely. So, yep, just referencing info, and uh, he just told me to take the male plant and I separated it into a separate closet. Is this how babies are made? Is that what we're talking <laughs> about? Now? Right. Yes, totally, dude. <laughs> Cannabis babies. Right. So. When, when are we going to get to the money shot? Right. So, 28 days in flower and in, in the male uh, until you start feeling like the pound sex are starting to open. And then separate them totally out to a closet or some other room if you don't want the pollen to bust in that area. And um, keep your light cycle on 12 12. Uh, about, I'd go another week until the pollen sacs are completely open. Just check it out. You don't even need much airflow after the 28 days. And you know, you're only just going to get the pollen sacs open to collect some pollen, kill that male. And then uh, you can use a paintbrush and just 
brush on a few branches if you're going to do it that way. And then the other way, they just leave the male to run right with the female. And then uh, you want the pistils on the female to be showing about three weeks into flower. Nice, healthy, so you get a good amount of seeds. Let the male bust, and then I'd kill them off after a few days so you don't get a bunch of uh, premature seeds. But you're not professional, I'm just getting started. When you're painting the pollen onto the females, are, do you just paint it on the white hairs, or, uh, or are you painting it on what? Yeah, I just paint it on the pistols, the little white hairs, correct. Okay. Yep, got uh, two rounds doing branching, and then this last one I did the total breed tent. I have a couple of videos on my channel. And, yeah, what's, uh, your, what's your channel? Um, I'll, I'll post it up in the description. All right, Malik Spider, S-P-Y-D-R, and I'll throw a copy for you right here. And then um, his uh, his seeds are in the uh, in the description as well. Um, yep, this is a TGA Genetics Subcool, my boss, and uh, Subcool 420. Upside down. Upside down. There we go. Woo! Yeah. Every all the good strains, plush berry, nine pound hammer, corkle, alchemy. They got a lot of new crosses, um, Gorilla Glue 4 times Space Queen, Cosmic Glue it's called. Oh yeah. But what's going on with you guys? Fish? Um, not too much, man. Just, uh, I'm still running through this round right now. I just sent you a few pictures a little while ago of uh, my three keeper phenos of the... Uh, okay. And... Uh, see just throwing out some really good stuff right now fish are all happy and alive plants are doing well um lights on both sides of my study are kicking ass um black dogs putting on some serious frost right now spectrum oh. can also put on the frost and uh to anybody who's been watching my study i just want to remind everybody that i'm not doing it based on weight what i'm doing is i'm waiting till things are cured and then i'm sending them off to labs because i really want to know what that difference in spectrum is going to do for potency and the terpene production and the profile that it comes with. So this, after harvest, give it a month, and then things are going to go into the labs and I'll be posting the uh, lab results online and uh, they're on the YouTube channel and on Instagram. So we'll definitely see what's going on. But yeah, everything's been great. Thank you for asking. That makes me feel special. <laughs> be patient. What's going on, brother? What's up over there, bro? How's the garden going? That's pretty good. You know, just actually getting ready to flip here in a little bit. Uh, getting ready to toss that new millennium decision in there. That just makes it so much easier. Get it once, maybe twice. And, I mean, stretch is cut down by 10, 15%. And they go from, oh, veg time to, oh, flower time in days instead of weeks. Nice. What are you uh, What are you growing right now? Let's see. I've got. I'm down to what? Uh, I've got two different phenos of the bred by Forty Two Northern Lights and G Thirteen Cross. Real nice, hardy stuff. One's super indica. One's got a nice. Looks like a nice hybrid balance going. And uh, feminized Dynafem Original Original Amnesia. Excuse me. And uh, Blimberg Chemdog Four, which I believe is Chemdog crossed with Green Crack, and then some. Just because I, I can't get away from it. Some bag seed, wonderful. Because every now and again, bag seed just does it for you. And I've had good luck the last few runs with it. So I found one that I really liked. 
had a nice stem rub, nice leaf leaf pattern. I'm gonna run it, see what happens. And for people who aren't uh, really sure what a stem rub is, would you mind describing that to the viewers? So something I like to do after they've been sexed, and you know, you know what you're actually going to be working with. You know, if you're if you're not running a carbon filter in veg, you know sometimes you'll you'll open up your tent or walk into your room and go, oh, it smells like cannabis in here, and that's because you know there is a small amount of resin and terpene production being put out by by vegging even small immature plants, and you can use a just take your thumb and your forefinger and and preferably with gloves on rub a, a section of stem and put that straight up to your fingers and you're gonna get a good idea of what that plant's terpene profile is gonna be like later in life. And that gives you a good indication, usually of what what kind of quality you're gonna be working with. Yeah. Okay, right on, man. Well, and now everybody learned something new today. I think, oh well, some of us. I have a, I have a question. Has anyone here ever heard of or what, know why or anything? of stem splitting. I saw someone with a I, post where they stuck a knife in the center of the stalk and I was like... If you look at my Instagram page, I have, for my last grow, I stuck a Bic lighter, a mammoth uh, mammoth microbes Bic lighter into a stem split in my, uh, my Rude Boy OG. You know, crushing stems, you know, get a little too hard. Sometimes what'll end up happening is the it'll just it'll split almost into like two or four separate sections and you'll be able to like physically put you know there'll be a hole there but it doesn't seem to, it doesn't hinder growth it just pushes past it regenerates it and keeps on going and it just uh, seems to you know it's a method of super cropping as best i understand it and it works for me i do the do it all the time so wait, wait so explain how explain what it does again I'm still lost on... I, I use it as a super cropping technique where I'm going to take the the strongest, you know, top and I'm going to pinch it just below oh. where new new growth is and I'm going to, uh, you know, send that hormone signal. Other than just bushing out the lower nodes, it's also going to strengthen that portion of the stem because it's sending all of that to, to fix, repair that damage. It just seems to me like a huge possible way for getting fungus in the center of your plant. That's the biggest thing that I just, I'm still, I'm not convinced that splitting the stock. I'm not base. saying it's it's a, a good idea. I'm actually oh. looking to do away with it. I started using OG springs very recently. And uh, if I don't have to do any more super cropping and I can, you know, save that extra few days and veg or, and, and not have to worry about those, that stress, being able to trigger auxins and hormonal signals without stress signals, I'm all for it. And I'm going to be trying one of those, or a couple of those OG springs on the recommendation of JR Token and uh, Be Patient in my next run. But I just want to let you know, B, you, you can uh, super crop somebody without really opening it up and exposing it to molds and stuff like that. No, I know. I, yeah. I, I tend to be a little overzealous with it. I'll be the first to admit that. I mean, I actually, I, I lost a, a decent top off of a plant the other day because I went a little too hard on it. Yeah. It's one of those, uh, you know, it's when... A gentle squeeze. You don't got to choke a bitch. I mean, come on. You know, it, I, I, it comes from those, the days of, you know, the old school production growing where you're just, you're trying to get as much out of what you could. And back in the days of, of low plant counts when we were trying to be as legal as possible and still push out weight, you're doing everything you can to every plant to maximize it. And, you know, back then we just didn't know. It was like, hey, this, this does this. Cool. Keep doing it. 
<laughs> okay, I have faith in you. I just didn't know if anyone had a good explanation other than just trying to stress the plan out to increase chirps or something. Well, B was generally just trying to make a lighter holder on his plant form, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I never lost my lighter after that, so. It needs a lighter leash. You have, you have the plant right there. <laughs> I've heard people scoring, if it like, in, I don't know, I think I heard it one time, somebody scoring a stem towards the end or something to maybe shock it into releasing more resonance. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, Something something I found interesting was I, saw, I can't remember if I saw this on Instagram or something the other day. People are selling now lacquered, uh, like stocks and you know like the bases of of plants. Like I saw one that was uh, that was actually subcool ground. That was yeah, Mendo Dope. They're on live yeah, right now. Yeah, uh, the resistance. Yeah, they're uh, they're doing stock art for their like yeah badass like finishing and making. They, that's what they they actually got a whole microphone stand. Yeah, uh, I've seen that. That's cool. That they can dab with, too, or there's a dab thing. But yeah, so yeah, <laughs> that's dope. So yeah, stocks can be money makers. <laughs> so what about our fearless leader here? Steve, again, thank you for having us. Um, yeah, Steve, what else do you do? Like in your life right now. <laughs> oh, man. Um... Yeah, so I've been working on a couple of different projects. Um, might be going up to Northern California, but again, I might be staying down in San Diego. I'm not sure yet. Um, and yeah, eventually Canada here in a couple months. Um, Puerto Rico at some point in between. Um, yeah, all over the place. I don't really have any timelines at the moment, um, as far as anything. I have a, a couple of important, I'll know more after the end of June. So. Do you know when um, the rescheduled uh, aquaponics course might be? No, we'll figure it out once Marty's, uh, Marty's situation. We had to postpone it because Marty's uh, kid was born on Saturday morning, so. Um, yeah, obviously we needed him uh, if we we're gonna do it together. So uh, we're gonna postpone it, and then once uh, you know, we're gonna give it a couple of weeks for him to get uh, used to the baby and all, and then we'll have him. We'll get reschedule that. We're also we had so much demand from Australia. I think we're gonna also do a separate class um, on Australian hours. So you know, if you wanna take that class because you're up at weird hours, um, we'll also offer that. Uh, or if you're in Australia. Um, there was enough of you <laughs> that wanted a, a class to make it worth it. Um, you know, we, had, we were kind of not 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 mean it that way, but I mean like we were pretty surprised how there was uh, you know almost ten people that were running a, a class uh, from Australia on Australian times. So we're you know that we'll do that as well. Nice. Yeah, but yeah, and until we're gonna give Marty a, a week or two, and you know a couple of weeks to to get used to having the new munchkin so it's got a, a new little clone <laughs> nice now um how do people sign up for the uh the course uh, once it's been uh rescheduled oh uh yeah so you, if you have a if you signed up for before uh you already got an email but um if not um you know you can go to the website over at uh 
uh, potentponics.com, click on shop and, and the, the class is on there. And uh, does coupon code dude uh, get us anything off or? <laughs> no, I gotta I gotta figure out uh, how coupon codes work. We'll figure out something. <laughs> so right on, man. What uh, what's new in um, in your grow? Since I know your time is gonna be limited soon. Oh me? No, oh, I already covered it. Fish are alive. Plants are healthy. And um, crystal cookies uh, coming down. How long? Hours okay. now. What what'd you say? What about your crystal cookies coming down in hours now? Uh, yeah, I'm counting down for sure. Um, but I've got one tiny little Vienna skunk pheno that um, is ahead of everything else. So it's coming down uh, in the next few hours. But uh, everything else is all pretty much timed up with the, everybody else. So they're all on for the same day. Do you want to talk about your uh, ladybug genocide there? <laughs> uh, no, I'll be documenting that. Let's just say um, I have a bet going with some people on whether or not uh, <laughs> the duct tape on certain areas of my tents are eating more ladybugs or certain lights that I have with fans on them are eating more. So I'll be uh, seeing it because I know for a fact that the lights with the fans, I've dumped out piles of corpses before. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll be keeping an eye on that at the end of the grow. Because I we know laugh. that the ladybug population is going somewhere. <laughs> we, when we laugh about this because it's funny, but at the end of the day, like, like, I, like I was explaining earlier, that, that really is a hazard. You know, if you release a couple, you know, a, a thousand predatory insects and they all end up in your light source, and you have, Could actually you know, exactly. That's my point. When you mix, when you mix living biology and electronics, things catch on fire, and that's that's a scary notion. <laughs> Very true. So, is what it is. But uh, yeah. I'm just keeping an eye on things. At least it's easy enough. There's lots of different computer fan screens and stuff like that that are cheap that you can get. Um, you know, for next to nothing at the computer store. Set up your, your micro center up there. Yeah. yeah well, there's that. Come join me in Trim Jail. We can uh, troubleshoot some stuff. <laughs> when I'm in Trim Jail? Yeah. <laughs> we'll take 20 minutes off for a business meeting. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys be having the munchies in Trim Jail? Taking 20 minutes off to go get some food. All right. Yeah, I treat my trimmers well. Free pizza. All right. See, I don't no, feel I like think. I've never had a problem with trimming. I like trimming. I mean, it's a. Yeah. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna enjoy the fruits of my labor. You know, like it's it's wet, something. Wet trimmer I don't to dry trim though. I well, I you know I try to hang whole plants as much as possible now. Oh, wet trim all day. Wet Hold up, let hang oh, for be patient. Dry trim. <laughs> Dry trim means more hash. I like oh, that. that. You mean more hash? <laughs> well, more bubble hash. More, uh, more, squ more squishy. Yeah, well, it's less on your weed. 
He's gonna knock more of it off on the trim process. You get right. like dry sip in the bottom of your thing. I don't know. That's why I just like taking the wet trim and then freezing it and then making it in a bubble. Find it yields a little bit better. Yeah, that's true. I just don't huh. have the room in the freezer. I, uh, I, I, I'm on limited space, so I still kind of work with what I can. Weird. Yeah, I've been, uh, for those of you guys that didn't see my video, as I made a video a week or so ago. Um, I've been making bubble uh, out of trim and then trim into, um, or the bubble into rosin. Man, the, the 73 and, and 25 bubble into rosin is the smoothest stuff terpy yeah super terpy doesn't make you cough at all like just oh, sure. so good hey and uh just to go off of the weed talk for a minute because i know we have someone that we haven't really spoken to that's uh with us right now and that's uh oh, yeah, yeah what's up guys i'm here or alien hey thank you again for joining us tonight i don't want you to feel too neglected um we're just uh, all in zone for a little bit, but uh, yeah, tell us uh, how you got into aquaponics and um, what you got going on. Uh, I got into aquaponics back when I lived in Arizona because of uh, water problems and just trying to be a conservationist. I've always had a conservationist, uh, you know, attitude with uh, all things in life. And yeah, living in Arizona, it was just, it was, it wasn't exactly rocket science to say hey i need to try this and uh i didn't really try doing cannabis right off the bat i was just doing you know your your normal leafy greens and your veggies and herbs and stuff and uh, it worked so well that i was like well hey why don't i just throw a seed of uh, some pot in here and sure enough you know it, it came out and uh, it wasn't great the first time uh, you know because i i didn't know anything about a dual root zone I didn't know about other things that you have to you do have to pay attention to, like pests and stuff um, in aquaponics, because you're working in a, a more moist environment and uh, you have a higher chance of molds and funguses and things. And so, you know, it was all just a learning process. And uh, over the years, I don't know, I still consider myself an amateur because I don't make any money at what I do. And I just grow for myself and uh, my wife and like a couple years ago, I was growing for my mom when uh, she back back before we passed here in Colorado. I live in Colorado now. Um, back before they passed recreational, and uh, she had her medical license, so I was her caregiver, and uh, that was that was the way I grew all her all her medicine was uh, with aquaponics, just right in my right in my little cabin that I was living in, and. Uh, using crawfish i found uh was just awesome i mean i i, I can't sing the praises of crawfish enough i guess but <laughs> steve well, probably knows what i'm talking about there <laughs> but uh yeah crawfish i mean you could get you you could pack them in like literally pack them into your tank and they don't mind as long as the water is turbid enough that they don't fight each other um because they are cannibals but uh i found that the uh the emulsions that come from it, all their shell casings and all their waste and uh, even just their dead bodies is, uh, it's just really great stuff. High in calcium, high in phosphorus, high in magnesium, 
the nitrogen is still in the system because they're still peeing and pooping in the water and the bacteria take care of that and turn it into plant soluble nitrates and uh, so but right now I'm not using any aquaponics because I'm having a water problem again and uh, I have to haul my water so I've got uh, got a uh, garden out back that uh, I've been setting up to just be a um, a no-till garden basically wood chips and you know and earthworms and they take care of it and uh, then I don't have to use as much water. Uh, I use probably, I'm figure like I haven't, I haven't, I just watered them today and it's been two weeks since the last time I watered them. So, and that was when I put them in. And uh, yeah, I've just been dealing with that. Eventually gonna be setting up another indoor uh, grow as soon as I can afford another tent and uh, for flowering and um, going to use crawfish again really looking forward to going to the local lake here and catching them and that's another thing is uh crawfish are just so easy to get like you don't have to spend any money you know <laughs> so and i'm a cheap bastard so yeah that's my story right on i dig it man i dig that well just that's to follow up because i work in the medical field so when i hear people talk about medical things i um it always kind of catches me is your mom doing okay oh yeah yeah she does okay uh you know she she gave up her medical license because recreational passed and she she was like well why should i spend money on getting another medical license i was like well because with a caregiver your caregiver could grow you enough medicine and you won't have to worry about whereas you're really limited here in colorado with what you can do so like uh, she didn't she didn't see the appointment she's like oh i'll just get by on six plants i guess she does you know so you know more power to her <laughs> oh, shit. Absolutely. yeah no i totally can understand why somebody would be like well, i don't want to go through the hassle of getting the med card but it does definitely come with some protections and benefits um so if you right buy, i definitely tell people that's the way to go Oh, it is absolutely. If you have if you have something, you know, an actual illness. She has fibromyalgia, and it really it it really really does help fibromyalgia patients. My wife also has fibromyalgia, and when she's having a flare up, smoke a bowl, and she's fine. You know, uh, the anxiety levels go down, the pain comes down with that, and onward. And uh, but yeah, if if you have something that you you can get that medical license for definitely get it because you're just going to be so much more happier with the amount of product you can produce for yourself you know yeah no i feel you on that absolutely um uh how are you doing brian grow we haven't heard from you yet uh, pretty good, man. Uh, just been trying to wrap up a couple of things on the new breeding chamber and also wanted to uh, thank the gentlemen who are on the podcast that were talking about breeding a little bit earlier because I'm fixing to go into doing it for my first time, just kind of as a hobby or whatever with the little aquaponic breeding chamber that I'm setting up. And then I've also been um, putting some time into a... Um, like a uh, mushroom CO2 production 
chamber that I'm trying to incorporate into my indoor aquaponics system. Nice. So I'm, I'm also uh, putting the finishing touches on that. I'm uh, got a couple of air pumps that I'm going to be using to move the air around. So um, I'm going to be doing a unveiling of that. Hopefully within another week or two. I got my uh, I got a few jars that are colonizing right now. So um, I'm getting started on that, but uh, I'm kind of going into that my first time as well so hopefully hopefully that turns out pretty well but um other than that yeah that's, that's pretty much all i've been well that's super exciting dude the fish panics and breeding in the same shot i mean as long as you have any plants flowering around it anyway and i mean how are you going to seal it off or i was curious yeah i'd love to hear more about that that's super my cool. uh, you're talking about my breeding chamber yeah yeah for the fish panics one that's awesome a fish panics breeding chamber oh um yeah well cool. basically i built a frame i built a frame to where my uh, grow bed sits on top of a, a little wooden frame that i'm pretty much able to seal off and um i have uh, a couple of little vent ports that are gonna uh, allow for a passive ventilation system i've got a few uh fans on the uh, ceiling of it that are going to be moving that air and then one of the things that i need to add is just a little oscillating fan to move the air around but um it's it's pretty much kind of styled after uh I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with his youtube channel uh vader vader og um he Absolutely. he um yeah, he he made a breeding chamber, and it, it's pretty badass. He has he has a few uh, really good breeding videos up, and that's kind of what I tried to model it after. Everything's within a uh, let's see, it's about two by three by four, just a small little chamber. You know, can put about maybe three plants or so in there. Right, perfect, dude. So it's it's just a little modest size that I'm able to. Uh, keep it keep it sealed up i cocked up all the corners and stuff and i i uh, added some some little windows that i can open up and look inside as well so nice. uh, pretty much i guess after i seal it up whenever the mail starts throwing pollen um i'm going to uh basically not be able to get in there for you know however long the pollen is flying around so again thank y'all for the breeding information i definitely appreciate that yeah, following Vader's model, that's exactly right, man. That's who I'd be researching every step of the way when I did my stuff. And so, yeah, super awesome. And the way that he got his mail set up on a pulley where he can lift his mail up without being in the room and then wait like three yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Is, that's super pimp. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much one of the last things that I need to put on my system is the little pulley system so I can pull that dude up and get him killed off. So that's that's pretty much really like the main thing that I'm that I'm uh, that I'm waiting on. I'm pretty much babysitting a plant for a friend right now, and it's going to be done flowering sometime at the beginning of June. So he's kind of taking up my space, but he's going to hook me up with half of the harvest. So I'm not mad at it, you know. Right. But um, and as long as you ain't got no plants flowering too close, so you could go in there and probably just kill it real quick and pull it 
pull it out or something but yeah well i mean this is this is all within the same room um if you if you go look at my channel you can pretty much see i have a um small indoor uh aquaponics system set up and the breeding chamber is in the same room so i'm trying to take all the precautions i can to prevent pollen from escaping so i see absolutely totally yeah, he even uses a spray bottle and sprays the water in the rope while he's pulling the rope out yeah yeah exactly i was thinking about doing that too but yeah it, it's my first time so i'm definitely uh yeah, anxious right, to to learn the ins and outs of breeding Super exciting, dude. Cool. Yeah, hit me up anytime on DM if you want to chat about stuff. Or... Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's also something I was gonna mention. Is I need to I need to link up with you, uh, dude. Grows, dude. Grows community, and uh, seems like y'all definitely have a lot of knowledge to to give. So, absolutely, that's yeah, always a good thing. Be patient and fish, and everybody in DGC and. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We try to be supportive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's all about the growers love. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's pretty much all that I've got going on right now. Nice. Um Michael, uh, are you still there? I saw your you muted your mic there. Oh, I'm sorry. Not not you. Um, oh, Michael. Okay. See if he'll. Uh, if he can unmute his mic. Right, well, hopefully he'll get his mic unmuted. Um, <laughs> I'll uh, see if I can get a hold of him through other means. Um, what do you have going on this week, uh, Roger? Mike is muted there. <laughs> He's trying to fix his mic. At any rate. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't. I didn't purposely mute my mic. Uh, oh, uh, unforgivable. You know. Well, you know, us blind mothers. You know. Uh, I was over here trying to. Uh, I've got an article on the uh, split, the stem splitting, and I was trying to to give a look, put a post on. Suddenly, I couldn't post on the. Uh, the, the show page on YouTube. Mm. Uh, so I've been messing with that for the last twenty minutes, but I've got a link for you. I posted in in the in the uh, moderator chat, and that's a link to an to an actually it's an article that includes uh, a, a an explanation on splitting the stem and why. Okay. And see, you see it up there. I'm looking. I can get it for you again. I would, um, let me see. Yeah, just, well, yeah. Well, well, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, that's what I've been doing the last 20, 20 minutes or so and listening uh, to some fine uh, information. I tell you what, that was breeding. I like the idea. I, I love the information I just heard about. Um, really good for people getting into aquaponics to know about the crawfish, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. He's one of the few people I know that, that has done it. And had a lot of Another great thing about crawfish is they will breed all on their own too. And uh, 
you won't even have to worry. It's like set them and forget them and uh, harvest them every couple months and have yourself a boil, and it's great. Well, don't you have to worry about your uh, nitrate levels going up at that point if they're breeding uh, without regulation? No, because they, they, they put out such little nitrogen. Like, like two or three hundred of them equals like one inch of fish. Right, right. You can absolutely pack them into your system and not even worry. It's yeah, it's great. It really is. And they keep the water crystal clear because they're filter feeders. So that's another plus. Um, they tolerate a wide range. Like say, you know, say you do leach some some nutrients that you're feeding extra into your dual root zone. Say some of that does leach into your system. It's not going to bother them. Uh, they 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 take a beating and keep on kicking. They're great. Do you know what species they are that you're using? Um, I use I use the uh, rusty crawfish that are considered an invasive here, and a lot of fishermen uh, have introduced them to our waterways in Colorado and in, in many other parts of the United States. They're uh, native to Louisiana, but uh, yeah, just the rusty crayfish. They're they're highly aggressive though, so like like I, was, I had mentioned earlier, you got to keep the water flow high. And the turbidity up so that they're fighting the water current instead of each other, you know. Mm -hmm. That's a question a lot of people have too, because uh, I was talking to aquaponic dummy and I were talking about how a lot of people want to they, they have a plan on going aquaponics and then they feel like they're going to sell the fish commercially as well as they turn around and sell their cannabis or their tomatoes uh, commercially also. So. The problem is, is uh, you know, in, in some opinions that I've done with the research we've been looking at, because I do have, you know, as you know, Steve, I told you about the guy up in Michigan, actually, that uh, is uh, looking to have a major uh, commercial grill going up there pretty soon. Uh, but, but we won't get off on that. Um, oh, shoot. Um, the, they, yeah, all right, back to, so you're talking about, yeah, I have a crab oil every once in a while, or a boil every once in a while with a crawfish, but that's, address, can you guys address that, have been involved in it in that respect, because that's a question people have, in some places, it's, I'm pretty sure, in some places, you can't use the fish that you're using for your aquaponics system, and then sell them. So can, what do you right, because because of maybe like uh, and and I understand why they do that in those places because uh, your fish might be contaminated with this or that that's been added to the system, pH buffers or you know any number of things that that we usually do end up having to use to keep our systems stable until they've matured to the point where you don't have to do any of that input anymore. Um, crawfish, all you have to do is uh, purge them and they're clean so there there shouldn't be i don't see there being a problem with uh doing those commercially because once they've been purged they're clean so you know what do you think about the in all in all is it is it across the board or can are in some states or some counties or whatever is there are there areas where you can actually you know have quite we're talking about commercial oh, okay i mean these well, I got a lot of little you know smaller farmers are trying to use aquaponics and well like like i told you i wanted to have that you know like 16 you know 16 foot uh, four foot deep pool steve and you guys said man you could build this gigantic thing well they're trying to do this but and they're also thinking they're going to be able to sell the fish and i just wondered what your opinions were and if 
but and I, and I understand the crawfish is a different species, basically. So I can under, all right. So that's a little not the same thing, like you said. It wants its purge. But what about the fish? Would did people sell the fish in all in some states and not in other states? Um, as far as I know, right, there's all kinds of regulations you have to go through, rules and regulations and licensing fees. And yeah, it's all about the money when it really comes down to it. They don't really care about the health of your fish or uh, the health of your system. They just care about the money, uh, the, bu the bureaucracies. And that just goes for, like, if you're trying to transport them out, out of state or even out of county, um, things like that, as far as I know. And with crawfish... Um, being that, uh, like the species I named, is a, considered an invasive uh, species. Um, like, how are they going to tell? You know that. You know? <laughs> so you could probably skirt around. There's there's probably a lot of gray area when it comes to crawfish and other shellfish as well. Um, there's freshwater mussels that you can also use in aquaponics. Uh, I've used freshwater mussels before with uh, success. Um, there's prongs. There's uh, there's the red claw. I've I've wanted to try the red claw. The Australian red claw it grows up to a pound in weight. It's like basically a freshwater lobster, and I, I dream of trying that. But uh, yeah. Well, that's uh, interesting because I was thinking when you were talking about that about lobsters doing lobsters. So prongs are good too because if you could, if, and of course the reason is is if, if if so basically you just have to check your own DHEC your own state um, food guidelines as far as whether or not you can sell them before you planned on building this massive um, um, uh, system that, right. that you can't sell the fish well you can't right. sell you know the, well, the, the, and I can I can guarantee that any any uh, shellfish that you grow in an aquaponic system is going to be ten times at least cleaner than what you get out of the natural waterways because you don't have all the mud and gunk and pollution and all the shit that these shellfish are eating on a daily basis and you know like the the uh, the lobster that comes out of the the ocean has mercury content you're not going to get that in your right. crawfish or your lobsters in your aquaponic system because you're not putting mercury in it obviously so like you wouldn't have i don't think you would have any problem with passing any kind of health inspections or anything like that when it comes to your shellfish and uh i i think it is a viable commercial option that that more people should maybe look into exactly yeah, yeah but we have to make sure we have everybody check your local ordinances first you might spend a lot of money, you know, but it sounds to me like what you're saying is it comes down to my question was whether it was a, you could do it there. It sounds to me like you could probably do it most places where common sense rules, well, that limits it, but um, but in other places, um, you, it's, out, it's outlawed. And I don't know about shellfish, but I know with, when it comes to like the fish. And tilapia, right. Tilapia, right. You can't, right. Because they're afraid, oh, a bird might pick up an egg from your tank and transport it to the lake and then this and that. It's like, it, it's insanity, right? Right. Yeah. Well, we can grow tilapia. I can put tilapia fingerlings right down the street. Believe it or not. Right. Right, but, but in some places, tilapia are illegal to to grow unless you go through all. It's like thousands of dollars worth of uh, licensing, and you have to show them that you're not connected in any ways. And 
it goes on and on. It's all sort of regulations, right? Sorry. Hey guys, I got to cut out. I got to go start making dinner for the fam. Um, it was good talking to everybody. Good seeing everybody. Uh, if Marty does make it on tonight, uh, somebody just let him know that I said congrats on the new kid. And uh, I will talk to everybody soon. Good see you. See you next week. Sure. See you next week, guys. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually going to uh, take this opportunity as well. I got to go be domestic. So I appreciate the invite. I uh, will uh, I will definitely be viewing next week, absolutely. So thanks again, Steve. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Later, Malik. See you guys. Later, B. Should we get uh, Michael back? Yeah, sorry. There you go. Hey, while you're there, uh, Mayor, uh, we can, I'm uh, going to be the coordinator next year for a project. Uh, we got a little spot to grow, and uh, I could really use some seeds. So uh, Yeah, absolutely. I'd yeah. love to link up. Let me get you, get you my email, and I'll shoot you my number. And yeah, absolutely. I'm right over here and by the Flint area, and um, yeah, I quit my regular job, and I've been focusing on this, and been doing... Just having a blast, man. Everything's going really great. Um, been growing for about three years now, and I just love it. So it's a passion, and I'm not even worried about money. I just want to make, you know, grow a bunch of weed and smoke it all. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I didn't spend any time. I keep mine to myself, too. <laughs> I don't sell it. I keep mine to myself. <laughs> yeah, I didn't... Uh, didn't spend enough time talking about the plant, but uh, I got four little ones uh, outdoor uh, in a uh, soap. But next year, nice. I'm gonna run a little program. Yeah, yeah, that's all I could do. Uh, hey, I, take I, care I, of business. Guys, let me ask could they freeze? Because uh, I had some really great, all, you know, all from uh, Europe, you know, from uh, Amsterdam, and uh, they'd always been really good to me. And then a couple of years, but they, uh, later, they froze on the way to California, a hard freeze in a truck and kill them off because I only got, uh, believe it or not, I think five or six to pop out of 32 that I tried. I would try. Yeah. I would try. Yeah. Freezing does cause cell cellular damage. Freezing will do that, right? Okay, because I never had such worse luck. And, uh, you know, we we're going to do a much bigger run. and uh, But I ended up with... Uh, three um uh dj shorts version of the blue dream the azure haze and um i got what's called an f10 which is a 90 percent um sativa and it looks like it's going to be a purple one. Oh wow cool very cool yeah that's, that's really nice so that's good i would try a, a seed sprout tea um you know you can take corn corn seeds work really good um, soybeans, uh, other beans uh, work really well. Sprout them in water, and then take that water and pour it into another cup, and then put your cannabis seeds in that, and that yeah. will help. Well, at least it'll help increase your chances. Well, I've done it for you know uh, five a long time now, five years, and I just uh, and those those kind of seeds always uh, you know in four days. Uh, would be popped and uh, strong looking, and, and uh, I just uh, I thought that the, that being uh, on the truck line four or five days across the country uh, a couple of years ago, um, 
I know they 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 that my only conclusion is they froze. You know? you know, sometimes they'll get the they'll get older to where they won't be as vigorous. Uh, definitely, the new seeds are going to be vigorous and just pop and have that crazy vigor. And yeah, um, sometimes if it's an older seed, it will kind of give you a problem. And if maybe if you know, I would think if it went through some temperature fluctuations, it's definitely not going to be good for it. So yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. The seed is dormant. The longer it can take to propagate. And that's why a lot of people like to do the soaking method, too. When you soak them for 24 hours or so you know, prior to trying to propagate them. So. Right. Just to add to Malik, what Malik was saying. He referred me into that part. So go on, sorry, Mike. Go on. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. I got this. Like I say, we're uh, in a um, the seven oh seven or I believe it was. We got a you know a, okay a hot shotted soil um, that we're amending every couple of weeks with uh okay uh you know it's a, a bunch of ground up goodies uh, like yeah. super soil with amendments and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, mostly organic and. Um, <laughs> I'm just stepping them out right now into different size pots, and my uh, my point man is new, new to it. So I mean, even the watering, you know, uh, you know, every every bit of it, you know, he's tracking the sun with the plant. I I finally uh, was over there yesterday, and uh, and I said, no, no, don't track the sun. Turn them a quarter every day, you know. And he's an architect, and I told him how important it was to build a little character in these little babies and. <laughs> So anyway, uh, everybody's learning and I'm teaching and, um, you know, it's all going to be good in the fall. I got, like I say, a little spot and it's a hippie commune that uh, <laughs> I've been taken into as, uh, you know, uh, their leader on that and um, a very good group of people and uh, spiritual and uh, very well grounded and, uh, you know, the opposite of really what I normally deal with, with the uh, 420 group, but uh, anyway, uh, they are uh, anxious to get a little thing going on, and uh, you know, with the uh, this thing coming apart uh, with the seeds was a big uh, disappointment, and then uh, I had uh, some kind of medical crisis, which is yet to be explained, but um, I think, again, it was spiritual in nature, but I started doing that therapy and I'd, uh, it hit me so hard, I, it knocked me out and I was laying on my floor in my, in my apartment for three days. Oh, and I didn't, uh, when, I, when I got up, I mean, I didn't, even know, I didn't even know I got knocked down, but when I got up, uh, it was three days later and I, I didn't even know that. I, I found myself uh, out in the, the parking lot the fourth day and I couldn't operate my cell phone and uh, which was obviously well you guys could see that i can't do that <laughs> uh for real i couldn't turn it on and um i couldn't even i didn't i couldn't spell my name and, and i was out of it i don't know what happened but uh they're still yet to uh tell me anything medical but uh i think it was this spiritual polarity of the cancer and this this treatment i'm doing is working because it's uh it's lymphocytes you know and it's um going after this cancer like I've never seen ever in the, in the I mean the oil's good I mean this shit's got a hemi in it baby I mean wow I, I just can't believe what it's doing and uh with me with such a deficit you know again I'm, I'm blessed but anyway um these plants should be good and uh 
you know, the Blue Dream is really my favorite. You know, that Azure Haze I ran in a basement down in Detroit, actually in Ferndale. And um, long story short, I got run out of the city of Ferndale, Michigan, by gunpoint. And um, wow. was, um, yeah, and uh, they really came for, um, they really came for guns because uh, it was going to be an easy gun charge and to run me out of town um, on that, but, you know, run me to prison on that, but um, I can't, they came up empty handed when they came to the house and I had no guns and uh, my exact words for those pricks were, uh, I knew you were coming, I just didn't know when. And I think I might have been thrown down to the floor at that point, but uh, I had a big a vault, a 900-pound safe upstairs that they were anxious to get into. And I waited till the last minute to finally, you know, open it because I thought they would burn down the house um, the way they were acting. And um, <coughs> they um, finally got access to the safe and uh, it was empty. And uh, I had sold off these. This I had a nice little collection of military uh, weapons. I don't don't need at this point in my life, and uh, had uh, sold, and um, they were uh, disappointed in that. And uh, the cops that came over, this you guys are going to like this. Um, they were indicted by the FBI uh, after this. And what what really the long story short there was that there was a. Uh, an entire group of rogue Detroit police officers uh, that this was the group and they came to my house and a lot of other people's homes uh, le legit places I mean I had cancer and AIDS and making this oil and growing in my basement and because I was out on Fox 2 News talking about it and uh, some of the newspapers and being out there and really making an enemy amongst my friends in the marijuana community who you know, had other ideas and wanted me to tone things down and not be so, uh, you know, out there with the message of, you know, cancer and whatever. And so uh, the cops came and uh, ended up and uh, being indicted for all these, uh, uh, you know, uh, privateer uh, crimes, uh, you know, private uh, things that they were doing against the citizens and uh, including running their own drug house and stealing cocaine from one place and taking it somewhere else. The, the lead cop uh, shot and killed himself um, a couple, three, four years ago. And um, then the, two of the other five, uh, one got nine years and the other one got 13 years in federal prison. And um, this is still ongoing. Uh, the DPD, Detroit Police Department, Rogue Force, if you look it up, narcotics unit um they um they're really the feds are still after the other three and uh in the big picture and uh we got a, a class action lawsuit against them and uh hopefully we get a piece of detroit's ass and uh, i i moved out to uh san diego as a result as a, a refugee of the drug war and um out here with limited uh limited means but i'm you know i mean i'm good you know what i'm saying but uh, quite a trip. <clears throat> nice. Do you want to um, talk a little bit about how uh, how people at home might be able to try and make some oil uh, for themselves or how they might go about it? Oh, you know, the oil thing is uh, 
pretty simple. Uh, the main thing is to, you know, uh, make, uh, make a clean end product. And to get that done, you need to do the, uh, uh, the work ahead of time, which is the, uh, um, the separation of the resin from the plant. And, um, you know, if you're using uh, an alcohol, which is going to normally pick up a lot of chlorophyll, um, you'll want to do this, and ideally in a, uh, uh, a walk-in freezer, if you could get the uh, flour and the um, alcohol both at a, uh, you know, as cold as you can get it in a walk-in, you know, if it's uh, zero or, you know, 10, whatever you can do, that would be fine. And um, what have I ever, would do is have... Have you ever tried have, doing it in a bowl? like a salad bowl and putting your implant material in that and then putting the alcohol in that and then putting dry ice on it and, and like almost cold boiling it? Well, that's a good idea. But um, the, my, my real trick is to do a really a fast wash um, and to not exceed three minutes. Um, in, any, in any, you know, when the timer starts is when it gets wet and it, it doesn't matter what else. <laughs> three minutes is three minutes. So... Um, that's my thing. And, um, so what I'll normally do is, uh, I'll use a five gallon, uh, paint stream, uh, uh, like a nylon, uh, mesh monofilament, uh, bag filter, uh, with an elastic, uh, garter type top and, uh, put, put that in a five gallon bucket and crunch up all my bud, you know, by hand or whatever, um, and uh, have a, almost a rollable consistency and ideally not powdered um, and have a nice little chop to it and uh, then go ahead and uh, freeze them, you know, if you're using the 190, uh, which is really the trend, you know, as far as everybody's at with it. And uh, on the medical now, this is uh, strictly on medical marijuana oil, uh, FICO. Um, then I would uh, drop the uh, solvent in as fast as I could pour it, um, three minutes, and then I pull that, that filter right out and, 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 and hang it over the, uh, you know, the bucket to uh, collect it all. And um, then uh, let that, uh, do that twice, uh, probably, uh, you know, generally, and... Um, then uh, that material needs to be filtered again uh, with a, um, I, I've got this uh, on my Facebook, um, all the pictures of uh, the mesh sizes and all that. And uh, what I would do is box uh, from one five gallon bucket to another um, three times, a total of six um, exchanges and through a filter, uh, a bag filter and then a, a finer uh, mash, and I'd have to check, but I think it was 150. Would take all the uh, the plant material out and just leave that uh, empty uh, shell casing uh, from the trichomes. You know, you get that sand at the bottom of the um, of the wash, and then um, I would um, then use that old technique from like uh, pharmaceutical companies and use a graduate at the end to separate the trichomes from the uh, clear wash and then uh, boil it down and uh, 
you know, I always used a rice cooker, but, you know, using better equipment is always cool. You know, out here I've seen and been around a little bit of uh, rotavap technologies and uh, uh, short path uh, extractions and things like that. But um, the, by and large, it was all a rice cooker. And uh, so uh, go ahead and run it down uh, as close as you could can to the end. And I always finish it with a air gun with heat on it with, uh, you know, an industrial like a Milwaukee style um, heat gun that would actually produce air changes and heat. And that's really how resin, you know, cures. And that's how you drive solvent out of a resin with air changes and heat. Um, and and um, that's how I would finish the oil. And uh, let it sit overnight and uh, come back and uh, heat it back up with the heat gun. And uh, just as, uh, you know, just kind of break that, uh, that viscosity real easy with a, just a little bit of heat. It would, the viscosity would drop right out and uh, you could package it right up into the, you know, I always put it in tens because it was going, uh, you know, as a full, full package to, uh, you know, a, a patient that was, uh, you know, requested a full, you know, full course, you know, so it would vary whatever, or, you know, they'd get, you know, whatever I could get, basically 80, 90, 110, uh, somewhere in that range. But uh, some really good clean oil and, um, you know, uh, I made it for uh, several years and uh, it was really a, a, my passion and I was doing it myself, you know, and I, you know, I, I should <laughs> I, I was listening to this video that I did with or something online with uh, my with me on it a few years ago, and I was talking about eating six pounds of uh, marijuana uh, that I grew. So I did I did do a lot of the uh, the oil that I did was mine. I was I grew it myself. I couldn't float the whole thing. I couldn't make oil for me and them and you know my patients and all that stuff. But I actually did a six pound run and ate it. And uh, it was 280 grams of oil, you know, and uh, as fast as I could. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Pretty good story. Damn, that's a lot of oil to uh, ingest in one time, but <laughs> I'm sure it's beneficial to your system. But yeah, yeah it's it really a, interesting to me. It took a few months. Um, like I say, I was almost hand to mouth, and that uh, I could get a pound every. Uh, three to four weeks in a nine station perpetual. <laughs> this was all under a five foot window in a basement running uh, up to 600s, fours and sixes and uh, T5s, uh, nine stations. And uh, I get three at a time in an earth garden um, every three to four weeks, uh, which was a pretty cool thing. And uh, so again, this oil was almost hand to mouth. The three were getting done. And, and cured enough to, uh, you know, I always call it ballast weed, but it wasn't that, you know, that beautiful 90-day cure that we all like. It was, uh, you know, more of a 10-day, <laughs> 10-day, is this ready to go deal? It was dry. And, <laughs> yeah, it, if it was cold enough, it was to my benefit. You know, I'd go out in the garage, it was 25 below back there. Yeah. And uh, so we made some badass oil and some just god-awful conditions in the, this old garage. And it was uh, really quite, quite cool. And, um, you know, I just talked to this guy that I had a homeless guy living with me, actually. Uh, and um, 
he ended up being a really cool uh, dude, and uh, he got caught up in the fray here with this lawsuit and all that. And he, he's actually going to be a beneficiary, and you know, I mean, he's actually picked up the whole, you know, all the benefits. He was there, and uh, you know, I just talked to him on the phone. I got a check from the uh, forfeiture department from the fucking pigs, the police that. Um, what pays me back the money they took out of my pocket in my front room. And uh, he had 150 bucks on the line. And that was the, the conversation. The guy's actually getting his money back and, uh, and he's on the lawsuit to, to win, you know, whatever we can get out of him. So it's, it's just a beautiful, uh, that's a good thing. I mean, that's, I, I really kind of think that's pretty hip. Did you guys see, um, this is uh, relevant to a couple of people in the room, did you guys see that um, the American Legion officially asked the government to deschedule cannabis in order to help veterans? Wow. No, to see it. Good news. Well, good time for a news segment. Yep, that was uh, good earlier. Um, let's see what day of the week was that. Two or three days ago, on the twenty second. So that was on Monday. Um, the American Legion formally asked uh, the government to deschedule it. They said it helps with PTSD and a bunch of other uh, uh, helps reduce uh, opioid use and a bunch of other things um, for veterans. So, yep. So that was really good uh, to, to wow. see, you know, a group like them to uh, to stand up and ask for cannabis legalization. So. No, we've got like you know we've got a whole bunch of veterans on our forum and oh, yeah. that's that that's i really love it and uh and you're right that there are stories when we talk because a lot of them you know i've talked with uh on skype and such and uh they survived basically just like uh, a couple of the a couple of your guests you've had that are veterans and all same thing same story they got off the opioids and you know and all and got through it you know and and survived because they were able to use cannabis to get you know to relax and you know, it's just fantastic and and i'm glad to see that there's been a few stories written around about that before. yeah i've seen nice they, yeah thank god it's nice to see they made it official, official. yeah it's always good to see them uh, groups yeah. like that come out and help that's cool well, well i forget for that huh Yep. I know Mammoth P hasn't been able to come on the show the last couple of weeks because they've been off in Washington, D.C. lobbying um, for uh, cannabis and a couple of uh, and uh, more eco-minded uh, production and stuff. And you know, uh, Yeah, they, they had a whole bunch of stuff they were telling me about. I'm sure they'll tell us all about it when we get them on the show here in the next few weeks. So that'll be cool. <laughs> I've been in talks with them and that's been a little bit uh, uh, it's been going great we just have to wait until they're they're free so what uh what other uh, things did you guys want to talk about this week we have a couple of news stories and stuff like that um, there was recently a study that came out uh, about leukemia um, where they used high, high doses of um, cannabis oil uh, a CBD, CBG, and CBGV, um, yeah, specifically uh, to treat leukemia, yeah, uh, and in, uh, in in London, 
and they had a really, really, really good results. Wow. Um, so no, kind of seeds we have like had Great. we have had good results with leukemia. It's been one almost a dead ringer from the get go. What's amazing, David, you know, there's been all this, you know, you don't ever want to really jump on it, but you want it to be true, but you see all the claims people make about, you know, cannabis helps uh, cure cancer. And if they're actually now having studies where cannabis is actually helping to cure cancer, well, wow, I'm on board. Michael, do you want to tell them, like, I don't know if you mind talking about it, but a little bit about like how much that's helped you. Uh, I know that hasn't totally helped all the way. Well, it can be on uh, oil. Um, are you there? Yes, yeah. we hear you. Uh, sorry. Um, the oil thing uh, bought me a lot of time. You know, it got me to that next level, and uh, it ended up. Uh, you know, it's still all natural. I just had to pay a thousand dollars a day for these extra lymphocytes to uh, go after this cancer and it was you know really it looks like a game ender for the cancer I mean it's really over I mean it's, it's, cur it's curing it and um, but you know I mean based on a double a double tap you know I mean I don't know uh, you know as far as um, you know liability to add uh, you know AIDS and cancer is a uh, a lot of um, you know quite a burden and um, I just think that uh, it was I just stretched nothing for a long time and uh, you know needed uh, something but it was the oil you know that got me uh, to that point and this is only three or four months ago um, and I had guys up in the uh, UP that were sending me the oil uh, to uh, you know carry me on and uh, but, you know, really not enough. I wasn't doing a, a gram a day, you know, like I should or even more. Uh, you know, I was doing what I could. And um, so, you know, over the course of uh, the two and a half years out here, um, I haven't had enough oil. And um, so that and the fact that I'm, I don't take any of the pills for the uh, HIV because I, I just know that's a dead end. Um, you know, it, it just became... Uh, just too much and uh, so I needed that um, that assist and it turned out to be this um, this immunotherapy which is uh, you know it's, it's farmed unnaturally but it's the it's the original deal it's the, using your original system to do it and um, so what I'm seeing is a reversal of what was uh, I mean, it was really, I had cancer so bad that I had it in both ears, my nose, um, under my hair, and uh, my, uh, my nose, actually, I lost a good part of it. And um, I mean, I was going down in, in flames. And uh, what I really saw at the end was um, the cancer was a lot bigger than, uh, than I even thought of. That it was all connected. It was all one one cancer. It was a giant cancer. My my whole head was cancer, and all around my mouth, my cheeks, my forehead, my head, scalp, uh, ear, ears. I mean, come on. And uh, so um, you know, but the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, the oil got me to the point where. Uh, you know, I, I was doing a Saving Private Ryan, 
Ryan type, you know, scenario. But honestly, it was a war the whole the whole time, and uh, I, I finally at the end uh, got through, and really uh, unbelievable with these doctors and uh, you know having to pitch it, you know, the fact that you know I have no money at all, um, and to get this this um, this opportunity to uh, you know uh, get to you guys and and continue my uh, you know, this path, which is, uh, you know, uh, to educate and provide, um, you know, to the sick and uh, people that are in need. And, uh, you know, once we get through these laws and, uh, you know, stay out of prison doing it, um, uh, I'm really going to be happy. I'm going to be a super happy guy. And that's really, really what I'm all about. So you want to talk a little bit about some of the oil production you did? Um... For, I know you helped a bunch of people um, in a different place than you live now. Uh, you know, out here, uh, I haven't uh, been able to, uh, you know, really get any traction. The, uh, the, the market is, um, is so warped and, uh, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just a whole nother uh, world out here on, um, uh, you know the, the people and uh, uh, the, just just the whole thing. I mean, I, I've it, I've gotten no. Uh, you know, I I don't feel like uh, you know uh, I'm very <laughs> welcome at all. And uh, of course, you know, I've called a lot of them out directly, and that that doesn't get me any brownie points either. But uh, the fact of the matter is, um, I mean, I've got no time for. Uh, you know, sellouts and turncoats and, and, and people that are undermining, uh, you know, our effort to do some something good. Uh, and, um, you know, a, a lot of these folks don't have that same criteria. Um, so, again, uh, uh, I've, I've made the THCA oil out here. I've, I've made uh, for a guy with Parkinson's. Um, I've uh, helped out a guy from... Uh, uh, Actually, through a, another Michigan connection, uh, went and spent the weekend at his house and showed him how to make oil and uh, treat his cancer. And uh, a little bit, you know, uh, again, I'd been exposed to some uh, better technologies out here um, in the uh, actual uh, process of the, uh, you know, the oil and, you know, recovering the solvent, which is always the big bonus and the uh, safety factor. Uh, which is paramount, but uh, um, you know what? It's been a big disappointment for me to come out here and not be uh, well received as somebody that could uh, help people. Uh, this is a this is an area that's going to be uh, really uh, commercialized, and uh, uh, it's really hard to find good people. It, it's sad to say, in Southern California, it's uh, it's a different animal. Do you want to uh, talk about um, some of the work you did in um, other places to make oil for other people? I know you helped out quite a few people. Well, again, you know, Michigan, um, yep. I, uh, I, I uh, had a, 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 com a complete setup to uh, be able to process and, uh, you know, uh, run my own um, <coughs> My own, my own thing, you know, it was a, a ideal setup. Uh, I spent um, a lot of money on my uh, 
basement uh, with air handling and, uh, you know, everything that it had and uh, uh, climate control and, uh, um, you know, everything. It was beautiful. You guys would have loved it. Uh, we had some local magazines that was in a few times as uh, being up out there, you know, kind of a progressive idea, uh, you know, with the... Um, uh, the way I was doing it with, you know, three in a row and, uh, uh, you know, perpetual and, and all that. And uh, uh, it was it was pretty cool. But on the other side of that uh, basement, I had a uh, setup that was originally uh, for building model airplanes that I uh, converted into a, an oil area and um, uh, an area that I could do a lot of the uh, pre pre work you know, in regards to uh, processing the bud. And then uh, I had a garage outside, which was a standalone uh, 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 um, building that uh, had power and everything. And uh, it was in a, a good location that wasn't, uh, you know, very visible. And uh, so I was able to blow and go right there in the garage uh, a, a lot. and. Uh, I was running oil, uh, you know, um, pretty constantly. And uh, I had uh, people that, uh, you know, actually uh, uh, contacted me and um, sent the oil all over the world, really, and uh, shipped it in uh, UPS and FedEx. And uh, the, uh, people uh, were so desperate, you know, for the well-being of their uh uh, loved ones or whomever they were uh, taking care of that I, I was actually getting uh, money just straight money right uh, you know in the mail to uh, cover the cost of the, uh, the uh, bud and all the uh, you know the material that might be associated with that whatever but you know you just don't hear people sending money in a bag you know um, to somebody they'd never met and uh, <laughs> it was routine it was a uh, it was really pretty cool, and uh, the 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 beauty of it is they got their stuff, and uh, they you know they they got as much as I could get out of it, which was uh, you know uh, you know again as, as much as I could, but uh, it was clean, and uh, you know it was just it worked out, and there was never any trouble with uh, you know sending it anywhere, uh, you know, with regards to shipping or or getting caught up in that, but. Um, uh, lucky, you know, but uh, doing the right thing, you know, you get good luck. And uh, so I was fortunate on that. And um, again, uh, you know, uh, taking it to the level that I did, uh, you know, in regards to putting it, uh, putting that out on the local media in the, in the uh, several newspapers and literally on Fox 2 News, um, I think it became overwhelming for some of these uh, privateer type individuals that, you know, somehow think that they're going to take over, you know, the marijuana business and own it for themselves. And um, uh, they could have had a hand in <laughs> sending these rogue force cops into my house because really, uh, you know, uh, it seemed to be pretty vindictive and, uh, uh you know, when the, when the cops, uh, you know, were, were hammering on me, um, they, they really were focusing on this gun. And uh, I should have said that, you know, a gun charge is an automatic two years uh, in the state of Michigan. There's no debating that. If uh, you go up in front of a judge with that, 
you're out of here for two years. So, you know, gone's gone. And uh, uh, I think I was really in a lot of people's way and just was not was not going along with the flow of things. Uh, whether I was making oil or not, um, threatening some of these people's business uh, is just, uh, you know, not, not a good thing. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I made oil for a lot of people. And, I, you know, I actually got somebody out here now with leukemia that um, I just shared that same bit with. And uh, I'm gonna see what the response is here at the local coffee house tomorrow. <laughs> And, uh, and talk more about the oil. Um, you know, some people with their illness, they tend to own it. And uh, when they own it so long, they start to have a romance when they start loving on it. And uh, and this romance, uh, you know, becomes a situation that's really unhealthy. And, uh, you know, this, this individual seems to be almost at that stage in the game that uh, she's going to some conference because she's one of six people in the world with this type of leukemia. And it's like, hey, lady, you didn't win the freaking lottery. You got leukemia. You better get your boots on the ground and you better win this because it's going to win you. And uh, so we're going to have that talk. But, um, the, you know, that's where I'm at with um, with this individual. And, uh, you know, it's, it's ironic that you mentioned that. But... Um, so I'm trying to help out whomever I can and, uh, you know, sitting at a Starbucks uh, restaurant with, uh, I got no car, no way around, uh, you know, I'm pretty limited, but uh, I'm constantly, uh, you know, putting it out there that, uh, you know, this, this uh, oil and the, and, the, and the marijuana based medicines are, uh, you know, really our future and to, to Look, look forward to that, you know, and uh, and protect it um, because uh, we're, we're being sold out by our own and uh, and then the obvious uh, crew, the lawyers, um, and that whole group. So corporate money, corporate money. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, I saw them all back east. They all, all these. Uh, you know, these pro guys, you know, originally in 2010, they were all, uh, you know, supporting and they're, you know, seemed to be part of the group, you know, and uh, uh, then they, they'd all sold out, you know, uh, within a few years. And uh, uh, even uh, the lawmakers that were, uh, um, you know, fighting against us uh, in the Michigan uh, Lansing area, uh, <laughs> have gone to the point where they not only quit their jobs, they open a freaking dispensary, you know? So, yeah. um, I mean, that's really uh, the gist of it. And that's how crooked it is. And <coughs> I got um, I got a lady uh, in England, she wants to do a story with me and I'm gonna do it on the crooked world of legal weed. And uh, because it's so pathetic, what, you know, we're yeah, doing yeah. Yeah, to ourselves on this. And we all lose, and there's not one person or one group that's going to own this thing. And uh, of course, what's really fueling it is uh, the pharmaceutical dollar. That's where this is, uh, you know, coming from. And uh, everything else is just chafing and, and just a distraction okay. for you to uh, look at some other target. And it couldn't be that. And maybe the next guy is going to be the, the better guy. Well, 
look what happened this last turnaround. The, the, the next guy was worse. And, uh, and this, this assumption that, you know, when a law passes, you know, good people are going to assume that, you know, it's going to get better for them. Well, guess what? The people that are passing it aren't good people. And when you get bad people passing bad laws, you get fucked. That's what happens. And you end up in prison. And you end up with, like, John Roberts up uh, in Escanaba, Michigan on, on the 14th of June. It, it, you know, was facing a judge, uh, you know, because of a traffic violation and, uh, you know, in possession of this oil. So, it's, you know, uh, the, the guy ought to be really, they ought to have made him mayor of Escanaba or wherever the hell he is up there in the UP, somewhere in uh, Grants Crossing or Bruce Crossing, Michigan. Look that one up. Um, so anyway, um, that's my thought. Awesome. How did you, uh, what was the first time that you made, um, uh, oil? Well, um, the first time I made it, I was helping us, other, the other guys make it, who is, uh, John Roberts and, uh, another guy by the name of Monkey Paw. Um, and then uh, a, real, a real cool dude I ended up living with him after the cops ran me out of town it was my, my staging ground for San Diego was uh, up in K-Pack with, uh, with Monkey Paw we had a good time over the winter long cold winter uh, but um, and then there was Gersh Avery and, uh, who's uh, really uh, a, a key player in the oil uh, and the three of uh, them uh, had a, more of a consortium, if you will, of uh, the oilmaker clan, uh, this Michigan uh, uh, oilmakers group. And uh, they um, they were doing their thing. And, you know, I got the card, you know, to uh, uh, participate in this medical marijuana, which I just thought was, uh, you know, a get out of jail free thing where I could have weed and not get busted, which, and then on top of that, grow it, which is, you know, an unbelievable dream come true. And uh, uh, so uh, that was really where the mindset was at the time. But, um, you know, this cancer that I speak of, uh, this is, I actually posted this on Facebook that, you know, I'm coming towards, I'm actually seeing the end of this cancer, but it, it was, it's been an 11,000 day battle to you know get to this you know point so uh you know it's been it's been a really long time and the cancer came back uh somewhere along the line in uh 2010 i suppose and um i'm going to these group meetings and meeting all these people in michigan that you know are have big bags of really good weed and you know we started having some really good times and uh having uh, fun and uh my cancer came back, and uh, I came to this group of Gersh and his buddies, uh, and so lesson then. Uh, Gersh is he's a little, he's a little flaky, so uh, I didn't really know how to take him at first. And um, I listened to him, and I you know I, I just didn't know what he was talking about. And uh, after a while, I finally uh, realized I had cancer, and I asked him, um, "This this oil you speak of." When you say it works on everything, I want to nail it down to one thing. I want to know if it works on cancer. And he said, yeah, that's what I've been talking about. And I said, holy Christ, man, I've got cancer and I want to try it. Would you, would you show me how to do it? And uh, 
He said, yeah, yeah, we will. And I said, you game on. And so I was, uh, you know, an engineer at the time and doing the robots and the paint and all this sort of thing and uh, a real cheerleader for that and good at it and uh, making good money. And uh, so, I, you know, I had, I had some loot. And we, I put it all into the, the, the grow room and all that and uh, the whole effort for that and uh, you know, lost interest in the business. But uh, went on to, uh, you know, listen to these guys and, and we made oil uh, in a couple different places. I remember uh, at one point, we're up in, I think, Clare, Michigan. We were doing some kind of a, a local thing. We made oil at a state park. It was crazy. It was one of those, uh, you know, those, those state like enclosures or you jump under when it's raining, whatever. And we're out there doing that. Uh, you know, making oil and showing people. And um, I remember uh, a few times out at a Monkey Paws place in Mount Clemens, Michigan, um, off of Gratiot Road, he had a place and uh, we'd made oil there. Uh, more, that's where it was really starting to step up and it, it started to work for me. I made the oil with them and they gave it to me and I started doing a topical and you know, I started, started to see the cancer breaking down and backing off. And, uh, you know, the, my bottom line was that it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't realize how big this thing was. And uh, I was just tickling its ass. And uh, these spots I was working <laughs> on, you know, it was just getting madder and madder. And you know what? It's the shark of, of medical diseases. And when that son of a bitch turns and when it finally turns to bite you, you're done. And, uh, you know, thank God I had, you know, some kind of backup and I uh, pulled the pin on it and it worked. And it was right there at the last second. But the bottom line was, um, you know, that's uh, that, that's really what I was up against. And I didn't know it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working these little regional spots and the, the whole area was just hotter than hell. And uh, none of these doctors would go there. And even here, I'd you know, you wouldn't believe how hard they worked towards getting me towards surgery. And I, you know, I said, no, God, no, I, I've heard of this other stuff that, you know, that, you know, it's, it works from the inside out. And don't you think that'd work? And oh, no, we don't. We, we want to cut your nose off. <laughs> God almighty. And so I, like I say, I worked it out, but uh, this was huge. And um, so it finally let go and it was coming for me. It was, this was, this was it, you know, and, uh, Right at the end of the year, there, uh, uh, you know, it was really uh, bad, and uh, I put on Facebook I couldn't wear my Ray Bans anymore. I didn't, didn't have enough nose left, you know, to put my glasses on, which is pretty fucked up. And uh, so that, that it's actually coming back, and uh, you know, regrowing, which is uh, you know just really off beyond belief. I got a buddy of mine I sit and have coffees with, and he's a he's a doctor, and he's a, he works at Scripps Hospital. It's where they ended up taking me when I was found in my parking lot, not knowing who the hell I was, and couldn't op couldn't operate a, a cell phone or believe it or not, they, uh, this this guy took me to Starbucks, and uh, I said I said it was somebody else's phone. This is how delirious I was. It was somebody else's phone, and my phone must be at the Starbucks. Would you? take me there and I'll get my phone back because I, I don't know what time it is. And the guy said, yeah, I mean, I'll take you up there. And 
So he takes me up there and he says, what's wrong? And I said, well, this is the wrong place. You know? <laughs> so what do, you, what do you mean it's the wrong place? And uh, I said, it's not, it's not the right area. This, is, this isn't the Starbucks I go to. And he's looking at me and he says, but this is the one you go to every day. And I, I said, no, it, it isn't. It's, it's, it's not even in the right area. And look, look out the window, look. And, and he's like, I'm, I don't know what's going on, man, but this is it, you know? And uh, so... Um, Again, he takes me back. This is Saturday, Saturday night, and you know the rescue didn't come in really till Sunday, and uh, I fell down Wednesday, and uh, so I'm just bouncing around, and um, you know I couldn't spell my name at the at the hospital, and uh, so what happened? I said I don't know where I've been for three days. There was blood all over the floor, and it came out of my ear, and um, I just I just went to a specialist here and. UCSD and uh, he said your story doesn't match anything and I said well I <laughs> I'm telling you that that's what happened and uh, so they I, you know when they took me to the hospital I was definitely uh, uh, dehydrated and lay, looked like I'd been laying on the floor for three days and they checked me out and said you yeah you have been and uh, that's we haven't really that's really rare and I said well. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know what happened. And uh, so, you know, that's what that was. But, uh, you know, again, I, th I think that was that, 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 that cancer was in me so deep that when that, that, when that bastard, you know, saw that, you know, somehow that sense that there was, there was something in the water that wasn't, didn't taste good. And bam, it turned it right, right in his face and uh, won, you know, which is crazy. And, uh, you know, going against the universe at that level, and you know, when when that animal wants to, it thinks it's going to win. It always does, and you know, this time it didn't win. And uh, I, I would just thank God I, I was, you know, I, I was had the resources to, you know, even give you that bit, you know, that story. Yeah, that's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm I'm still battling uh, for Social Security, believe it or not. And um, I got I got, uh, I got out of the hospital, and uh, sure as shit, if there wasn't a letter from them and saying I wasn't sick enough, and I thought, you know, motherfucker, um, what do I got to do for you guys? Seriously, that's insane. I mean, are, are you serious? And uh, they so, wanted to cut your nose off, but you're not eligible for Social Security. Correct. And uh, you know, I I was really I was just shocked. And I again, it took me about uh, six or eight weeks to really recover from that. I was just I, I was talking really slow and quiet, and I and I I was hit hard, man. I don't know what hit me, but. You know, I, I'd never been in a in a situation like that, and I mean, hit really hard. Like, you know, I I can't even describe how big it was. It was was really really big, and uh, so uh, you know, to get up from that, uh, literally took weeks. And uh, you know, I, I'm I was always the next day guy. I mean, I, I I joked about it on Facebook that you know what, out of all the surgeries that I had done over the years, I mean. On a few of them, I think I beat the doctor out of surgery. You know, I mean, I'm out there 
freaking waiting room fully recovered, ready to go. You know, and, uh, you know, really a, a comeback hit. And uh, this was not at all, you know, easy or quick. And um, so, again, I think it uh, had a lot, a lot to do with uh, the winning and losing part of, you know, the universe and to turn it around at the end, uh, you know, in my favor, uh, you know, it didn't go well. And um, I ended up, I ended up getting, uh, you know, some kind of, all I, all I can say is there was some kind of fight or whatever. There was blood. I mean, a big puddle of blood on the floor and all over the couch and I'm thinking, well, <clears throat> I don't I was so out of it. I, I, I get to the blood thing and uh, this is, uh, I think, you know, along the four day line, um, I'm going, well, wow, there's blood all over the floor. I, you know, instead of thinking, well, wow, I'm the only one here, duh, it's fucking me. And I call 911, I decide I clean it up and then not do anything. And, you know, I was that far checked out. And uh, so I did, I cleaned up the blood on the floor and I'm thinking, oh, that's odd. And, uh, oh, well, and, you know, we'll move on. And, uh, just had no idea what was going on. Well, sorry to hear that. Crazy. Already. Uh, let's see here. Uh, South Carolina legalized uh, hemp finally this week. Yay. So that's good. That is good. You know that guy. Yeah, uh, but but with that, how the question is is how many of the uh, you know the big farmers out there are going to do it because there's there's no way the USDA is going to approve them for uh, loans to do it, and there's not going to be any insurance for their crops, and uh, that's that's really what a lot of these big farms look at is can I get my crop insured? Can I get a loan to help with the costs of doing it? That's that's the big problem right now, and Colorado is, you know, we have it legal. We've had it legal for years now, and nobody wants to really touch it. The big farmers, they have all the machinery and everything, but, you know, they can't get insurance for it, can't get a loan. So nobody's growing it, really. It's really sad. That guy that who was in San Diego is growing it. Uh, he's got an eye on it. Forget his name. He owned Marijuana Inc., Right. Well, we do have some like smaller scale farmers here in Colorado that do it. Uh, I know there's one that's been doing it for since it became legal, and he's got 60 acres. But I, I just got done living on the uh, eastern slope where they have like thousand acre, two thousand acre tracts of land. They'd love to do it, but no insurance, no loans, and you know they won't touch it. It's really sad. Especially yeah. with all the hail they get on the eastern slope. Right, well, exactly. Yeah. Without the insurance, you're you know, you're dead in the water, you know. Yeah, and those other companies have got their teeth in that, you know, uh going on about K Pac and living with Pa out there. You know, every morning we'd go to a little uh, country rush a little restaurant and uh, I would listen and they were literally the Monsanto reps and they were young kids out of college and uh telling these guys that, uh, you know, there were old farms that were, you know, basically infected by Monsanto. And, uh, you know, Bill, don't worry about it. You know, we'll cover this years on us. 
And you know, you take you and the missus down to Aruba, you know, buy yourself a couple of sleds. You have yourself a good time and we'll catch up with you in the fall. And, and these guys were, you know, really just, you know, running the farm. But, uh, you know, Monsanto was the was the real, uh, you know, the monster that was taken over. And uh, those farms are, uh, again, you're competing with those guys at, at such a, a blistering level that they know they'll lose. And, um, you know, that crop speaks for itself. And, and, and you take the insurance and the liability goes up and, uh, boom, they're out of the, you know, they fold. They're not in, they're not interested. Exactly. I saw it. I mean, I saw it every morning. I just, I almost wanted to punch these little kids in the head, these, you know, sales guys. And you could tell that they were making way too much money for their, for their, for their age. And, uh, yeah, they couldn't do anything wrong. And I'm thinking, God, that's, a, that's an easy gig. And me and the old man were eating breakfast. And I'm like, Paul, do you hear that shit? God damn it, Michael, don't do it. Don't say nothing. I'm like, oh, man. I said, wow. You know, and, you know, just romancing and yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's they, they make it not possible. You know, they make it right they make it less desirable. They they make it so the that only one that I've seen. I was, I was gonna say the only one that I've seen that is successful and has been successful is the Naval Reserve of hemp that they grow in Nebraska. That's behind. It's like a thousand acre track and. You know, they grow a certain amount here on our soil instead of getting it from the Philippines for naval rope and on and on yeah. for military use. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one. Right. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Well, the, the, uh, the, depart the head of the Department of Agriculture in South Carolina, his name is Hugh Weathers. He's been a proponent of legalizing marijuana for years in order to increase the tax base. And uh, we have a 10 month growth season here pretty much. And uh, I would say that this might succeed in South Carolina. Uh, they've been trying to do this for a long, long time, but you know, it's a very, it's a Republican conservative state. So most of those kind of ideas you know, is anything, uh, but, but we did have a, they get squashed, but we did have the, we had a we had something that happened here that generally never happens anywhere. A few years ago, <clears throat> when CBD oil was legalized practically overnight, and I'm talking overnight, like two or three or four days, a family was gonna it was made public and became a national story about a family leaving South Carolina and leaving their home because their daughter had epilepsy and they were gonna to move to Colorado and South Carolina approved the oil that was necessary to treat her in a week, in a week. So now we've got help. That's gonna be real good for us down here. Uh, in South Carolina, it's kind of weird. Weird state, you know, I mean, you know, we got some history here. Um, a little bit. We're either the first one to join or the last one to join. In the Revolutionary War, we were the holdout. In the in the Civil War, we were the first one, you know, one, the first one. So, um, right, they were growing hemp there to supply the naval ships back then in those days, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. with your ten-month growing season, that you're right, that'll probably be all that's needed for a lot of the, the bigger farms that have the machinery that can process the the stocks and everything and get it to uh, market. There'll be a big incentive to them that. Hey, I can I can pull four or five crops out of my field of this, you know. 
Right. Well, there's just so many barren farms anymore, and all you have to do is hemp is easy to grow. Hemp's pretty easy to grow. So it's uh yeah, it's like growing them, oats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean they just put it out there, you know, pretty much, and we got, you know, we do pretty good. Um, well, you know, we're zone um, eight, I think, zone eight, uh, as far as temperate climate and all. And uh, anyway, so it's good. It's a big move though. That uh, and I, you know, it's kind of fun. Well, I've been so I have I've had my nose down and. And all these, like, I love, the, you know, like Steve, it reminds me of old family stuff, even though he's much younger than me. He, oh, I, too many irons in fire. <laughs> I missed that news article. <laughs> but that is awesome. So I totally dig the hemp thing, and I know it bioremediates your soil and everything. But I got to take this chance to tell you guys I got to bounce out. Thank you so much for having me, Steve, and everybody. Thanks for coming on. Dude. I want to get everybody's email and stay in touch and all the viewers thank you for having me and uh love the show I'm gonna stay watching and chat guys hey i'd love to check out your genetics sometimes man absolutely dude definitely want to stay in touch sounds dirty right. have a blessed night guys have a good night. <laughs> thanks Steve. later guys later make sure to check out his uh, website there in the description it's tgagenetics.com it's down there in the description you're looking for more info about him. Awesome. So there was many people in the open chat tonight, like to give anything away, was there? A couple. Well, no, there was. We just we just forgot about that. We'll we'll, we'll still do that. <laughs> I'll get the I'll get the info from him as well. Maybe we'll do it next. But, uh, time. Uh, can you, uh, can, uh, do you have a direct line with Mike over there? With who? Mike, uh, who, our guest. Yeah. yeah. Michael? Me? Mike, yeah, like Michael, oh, I'm sorry. Michael, not yeah, Michael. Anyone that's on the show. Uh, uh, yeah. You want me to give it to you? No. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. We, he was asking me if I had a connect for the guy that just left. Did um, you read my message to you, Steve, about, about Mike? Michael. Oh yeah. 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 Is that something for later? Um. Yeah, we'll do that in a couple. We'll do. We kind of do that stuff at the end. Oh no. So okay. I don't. I'm sure if we got the same. No, I'm talking about the gift. I'm confused. All right. I'll have to look. Uh, all right, I tell you what. Let me tell you again. All right, I'll tell you what. Sorry. Here we are. Once again, we're having a uh, we're having a moment. That's all good. It's they have fun on the show all the time. It's a show. We teach things. Yeah, certainly. Um, I'm gonna be starting my uh, video series on nutrients and additives and ingredients that you see in your stuff. Someone's breathing into their mic. There we go. Um, yeah, nutrient additives and minerals and you know, kind of on a one-by-one -one basis. I think um, people will get more info out of it that way. Um, and it'll be more beneficial to be able to cover stuff a little bit more in the way that I want to cover it. So I think that'll be a cool series to put out there um, and help everyone learn uh, how to... Uh, manage these different things and things to you know we'll cover a lot of stuff that you should not use too you know uh, trying to figure out if I want to rotate it um, how I want to rotate that but I'm hoping to have the first video out uh, tomorrow um, 
uh, we'll see how it goes. So. Okay, so I sent you a message. <laughs> I brought this okay. up earlier. Huh? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, did you guys have anything else you guys wanted to talk about? If not, we'll we'll wrap things up. Yeah, I probably got to move because move on because I'm in my buddy's apartment and I'm uh, using his Wi-Fi. He's probably <laughs> tired of me. Okay. And her phone, my buddy's wife's phone. So you know, it's time to go. Okay. Well, I very much appreciate you having me on and having you talk about your your stuff. Um, and uh, uh, it'll be great to um, to have you on again sometime. For sure. I'll get that uh, Apple thing. Uh, that's jammed me before, so I'll get on that and uh, be a little more accessible in the future. I uh, apologize for not being a, a higher degree of readiness, but... Um, Anyway, that's the real world, and uh, so long from the canyon in La Costa. All right. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. See you next time, I hope. Yep, thanks.